Hello, everybody, and welcome to the long overdue episode of the Esterworld podcast. Uh, sorry we've been away for a while. We've just had a kind of chaotic month, me and Quinn. Um, but we're back, and we're going to hopefully be able to continue this weekly, as well as the uh, episodes on the Yesterworld YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so Quinn, welcome back. It's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, it's been close to a month since we recorded yeah. an episode. Um, we went, well, just as of recording this, just yesterday, uh, the Jimmy Neutron video went up. Um, which, speaking of, we're, we're trying to at least have a little more synergy between the podcast and the episode. So, uh, and also because of this most recent episode, a lot of content got cut from it just because right. we try to keep the episodes somewhat concise so they don't run on forever. So we're, me and Mark are going to talk a little bit more about, you know, Jimmy Neutron and the rides that came before and after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also want to discuss the new Star Wars trailer, which uh, pretty much strong, everyone on the planet has seen. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we definitely have some strong feelings on um and then our third topic was just Harry Potter related again. I know we tend to talk about Harry Potter a lot on uh, the podcast, but we finally got uh, somewhat of a sneak peek of the animatronics from the new Harry Potter ride. Yep. So first, let's uh, begin with Jimmy Neutron. And I'll start by saying that I knew a lot about the ride because I had covered it briefly in a, an episode where I talked about Hanna-Barbera. Um, like abandoned Hanna-Barbera and Nickelodeon attractions. But I really, I mean, I grew up watching the show and saw the movie, but I guess I didn't know there was all that history leading up to the movie and, and everything. So I thought that was, to me, that was the most interesting part of the episode. It was all interesting, but to me, that was, you know, what I found more intriguing because I didn't know a lot of the stuff you covered in the beginning. Well, the whole video, like I had uh, originally with this video, because I mean, with both me and Mark, our videos tend to go through various, I don't know, stages and stuff gets cut and stuff gets added. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I wanted to include all the stuff that happened with the show, like after the fact, like the show got canceled because, do you remember the movie The Ant Bully? Do you remember that movie coming out? Vaguely. I didn't see it, but I do remember that. So basically that movie came out and like tanked the studio that made Jimmy Neutron because it was such a flop and they were supposed to make further seasons but since that movie tanked so bad, it killed the studio and just killed Jimmy Neutron completely. Um, so, like, they had a full fourth season written and ready to go. But then that movie flopped so hard, it just never got made. Um, because the studio just straight up went out of business right. after that. Uh, but, yeah, for the video, it was kind of... It would have been awkward to, like, go from the movie coming out to the ride and then go back to that. You know, especially because the show got canceled before the ride ever ended and it was just... It was just too much, and I didn't want to make the video too much about the show history, but that right. was really interesting to me, too, just because, like, there's a whole website, um, one of the guys that worked on the show, where he just has tons and tons of concept art from, like, every episode oh, really? ever made. Hmm. Um, it's super cool to look at all of it. That's where That's I got rare. a lot of the stuff that was in the video. Um, I mean, it was it's crazy. We... See, I love it when creators do that, where they release concept art from shows or rides or whatever because that stuff is usually just kind of locked away you know well it's pretty amazing we ever even got to see like the johnny quasar demos in the first place because apparently the person that uploaded those was just the voice actor um Hmm. and he had nothing else to do with them he was just the person they had recorded the lines for like those 40 second demos um and he happened to have access to them so he just threw them up on youtube otherwise we probably never would have seen them because that was just like last year that those went public Hmm. Or maybe a couple of years ago. 
And like one thing I mentioned that I'd be curious to know if anyone else had this kind of maybe it's a Mandela effect kind of thing. But for some weird reason, even though I grew up watching the show and saw the movie in theaters, for some reason, I could have sworn the show came before the movie. I don't know why, but I I don't know why. But that's but you mentioned that might have been because they had all those like um, like shorts leading. Yeah, up and they, the aired, they aired them on Nick, too. Like, yeah. um, like they had them airing on Nickelodeon. So, I mean, that that's what I thought, too. I thought the show came first. Um, but then, like, when you look at the pilot, like, the the plot of the pilot is literally the plot of the first movie, except in 18 minutes instead of 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a kid, that all, like, confused me. Because I know I had the pilot on VHS, and I watched it. And, like, Carl looked different, and Jimmy was wearing a different shirt. and But the same exact thing that happens in the movie happens. So it's like... And then I watched the movie. As a kid, you don't really... I don't know, understand any of, right. of that. And it's also weird because that's one of those shows where, like, as a kid, I thought it looked amazing. And now looking at it, it's like, man, that show looked awful. Well, it's same thing with video games. Like, there will be some uh, more like N64 era game or even like the, let's say, even just Xbox 360, where in my mind, I remember it just being so incredible looking. And then you look back on it and the textures are super flat and everything's, you know, there's edges everywhere. And it is kind of a weird effect our brains have where, you know, you look at the first Toy Story and even though it still looks amazing for the time, you know, a lot of the textures are just flat and muddy. And it's just really bizarre how your brain kind of tricks you to think something looked better, you know, than it did when you saw it as a kid or whatever. Well, I think with the video games, it's even more so that way. Like, I for this video, I had to look up uh, the old Jimmy Neutron video game that I played as a kid. I don't know if anybody else on the planet played that game, but it was like a tie-in movie game, and it was completely different from the console version. It was just for PC. Hmm. And I just remember that game looking incredible, like I was there. And then I watched gameplay of it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this game looks awful. Like, I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's mostly just... 3D stuff from that, like, you know, mid-90s to mid-2000s. Just none of that aged well. You well know? I think it's also because when you, when there's, you know, when 3D graphics came around for the first time, it was mind-blowing, at least, you know, for me, going from, like, a Sega era to, you know, in the Nintendo era to PlayStation and, and Nintendo 64. So I think just as... I mean, now it's a little harder because there's really never that drastic of a jump between, like, say, an Xbox One and the Xbox One X. The differences are never night and day. But back back in, like, the 90s and 2000s, the jumps were pretty noticeable when it came to CGI. So anytime it improved, it looked so amazing. And then the next time it looked even more amazing. So I think that's part of it, you know, with gaming or... Um, well, I, I agree movies. that we're, I agree that it was more drastic and more quick changing at the time, but I still think we're in that era. I think twenty years from now, people will look at Resident Evil Two remake and think it looks terrible. I, I mean, I think we're still in that era. We're like, like two D, you know, like you know, hand drawn animation reached a point where, well, I mean, and it's also different because it's hand drawn, but that reached a point where like it's kind of timeless, and you don't look back and think, "Wow, that looks horrible." Um, but I think we're still in the era with like graphics and video games where people are going to look back and be like, that's embarrassingly bad, like especially cutscenes. I just I, I guess more so in video games. But like when it comes to something like movies with Avatar, for example, 
I, I've heard some people say they don't think it does, but I mean, I recently watched it on, on Blu-ray maybe a year or so ago. Um, and I thought it looked still really, really photorealistic, maybe a few shots you could, you know, analyze it more. But, um, to me, as far as film CGI, I think we're getting to that, that, um, stage where the, and I could be totally wrong and I'll be, you know, eating these words in like 10 years, but I feel like achieving photorealism is about as close as we're going to get um, for the most part. You're always going to have movies that have crap CG, you know, but in terms of, you know, really high quality graphics and whether it's Avatar or... Um, I think I maybe now, but I think even 10 years ago, no. I mean, like Lord of the Rings, and this is blasphemy, um, but some of the, not a lot of them, but there are certain special effects in those movies that do not hold up even 15 years down the line. Um, no, I agree. It, a lot I of mean, the practical stuff does because it's practical and it's timeless. Yeah. But no, I agree. A lot of even, the, even Gollum, because, um, and it, like, I mean, just to let people know, like Lord of the Rings are the whole trilogy, because it, it's hard for me to rank them as better than the other but they're my favorite movies of all time next to like Indiana Jones and Back to the Future and all that. Um, but even Gollum for his crazy realistic, you know, well, as realistic as a creature, can, you know, can look, a hobbit, disformed creature can look. He, there are times where you can see the, the, the age, you know, in terms of compared to like a, an avatar or some other film with really photorealistic cgi there are shots where you do notice it versus i remember when the two towers came out it was just it was mind-blowing and if i remember correctly i think that was the movie that james cameron saw and i could be wrong but i think he watched it and knew okay now it's time to make my you know fern gully trilogy of photorealistic blue creatures you know like that's what convinced him that we were at the point but even that kind of looks a little dated. Um, ten, no, man, it's almost been twenty years since the mm-hmm. Fellowship of the Ring. I feel old. Two thousand one, right? Yeah, man, I feel really old now. I mean, Avatar's ten years old, right? Didn't that come out in yeah. nine? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's crazy too. And we still and, don't because I I remember when I saw I saw the only time I've ever seen Avatar was at the theater, and I saw it in Orlando because we visited the parks that week, um, and we saw it like after we went to the parks one time, which is just kind of just a coincidence now disney has a whole avatar land but um but yeah i mean i I don't know i have no idea if that holds up visually because i haven't seen it since it was in theaters but i think it holds up visually but obviously the the script and the dialogue i i didn't remember it being so cheesy and corny um when i first saw it but um but going back to the ride (laughs) because i know that this can go down a whole bunny trail um since you dived into you know, the Nicktoon Blast and the Hanna-Barbera and Minions. Do you think, because I've seen some people say that, you know, there are attractions that they go away like Snow White. I'll never let that one go. Um, Magic Kingdom Snow White, where it's like, no, there was no reason. Why did that go? And people are upset. But with Nicktoon Blast, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, it was time. Like, it, it, it you know, it was more understandable in terms of, it going away and becoming minions. Uh, do you feel, um, in terms of it going away, not being replaced by minions? Because I know a lot of people would have rather seen something else. But do you think, in terms of the attraction leaving, 
it stayed its welcome? Or do you think they could have gotten another five or ten years out of it without it becoming, you know, like outdated? Um, like for me, I mean, I, I, I think it was probably dated. I don't know because I was I mean, it, 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 that's what's weird is 2011 was almost ten years ago. Um, but just I think even then it was probably a little dated. I mean, it was a show that had only had three seasons and was canceled six some years ago. And honestly, Jimmy Neutron, while it was really popular, it was only really popular for a really short amount of time, you know? like Right. I well, guess I, I mean more in, in general with the Nicktoon, because I think in your video, didn't you say that one of the plans was to just change, like, the host? Yeah, but that never happened. Um, their, their plan was to pretty much, it was a lot like, this, like the Star Tours uh, plan you were telling mm-hmm. me about, where the plan was to pretty much just completely refresh the ride every few years and update it with a different roster of Nickelodeon characters. Right. Um, but I think at the time they probably thought Nickelodeon, especially because they were coming off their nineties batch of characters and then the early two thousands batch of characters were completely different and just as popular. They probably thought that trend would continue, but by 2010 their most popular character was still SpongeBob and they had introduced very right. few new people to that roster. Like when you look at that, those images in that, in my, in my video that show like the lineup there, like, that is insane that all of those cartoons right. were conceived within, like, that five-year period. And since the golden then, there's, age only of a, Nickelodeon. there's only been a handful of, like, characters you could really... Like, right. they're, they're still beating the dead horse of Fairly Odd Parents, I think. I think is they're still, still making that on? show. If, if, if not, they only canceled it, like, a year ago. That um, was a good... Sh- that was a, I, I, maybe it's the nostalgia goggles, but I feel like that had some of the wittiest, clever writing of any like kids animated movies same with the early seasons of spongebob like i feel like maybe i'm maybe it's the you know one of those things where the older you get you have different lenses that you look at things in the past through but i feel like like what you mentioned that kind of golden age of nickelodeon the writing i feel like it was just on a whole other level than it is today it was just clever and didn't talk down to kids and had stuff that even adults could you know enjoy you know like jokes that maybe went over kids heads that weren't too risque but they were enough to you know entertain adult you know adults watching i don't know i just feel like it was a whole other level of yeah, it was a different then. era i mean I, I i don't know if you ever watched ren and stimpy um, oh yeah but that show straight up has jokes to. that it's unbelievable those were in a children's show like i don't know if you know this but like they revived i think it was Spike remember, tv yeah. revived yeah. ren and stimpy's like an adult show because that's pretty much what it was Right, um, and that just wouldn't fly today. But yeah, I'm looking. I looked it up. Fairly Odd Parents. They made it up until about a year ago, hmm. um, and the only reason they stopped making it was because Butch Hartman quit Nickelodeon. That's crazy. I can't believe that 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 show got made that long. Because Fairly Odd Parents was never. I don't think it was as pop. Maybe it was as popular as Jimmy Neutron, but it definitely wasn't as popular as SpongeBob. Oh yeah, um, and I think I'd have to look back to where because I was uh, even in my teens, I was still watching um, cartoons and stuff. Um, but I feel like SpongeBob had a lot of good years, and then maybe around the time the movie came out, I think that's when I noticed. Well, that's the when Steven Hillenburg quit. That's when oh, he stopped making right. the show. Was the end of SpongeBob, or uh, the SpongeBob movie was supposed to be the end, and then they just kept making it. Because yeah. um, I remember as a kid, I was like, I remember being confused because no new episodes came out for so long. I mean, so long as a kid was probably like six months. Um, but I just remember being, and that was after the movie and then they started making them again. And I guess as a, you know, kid, I never noticed like these are worse than 
the other ones. Um, yeah. And, I, and I've never tried to coming at it from a different – because, like, for me, I was probably in my, you know, like, 15, 16 when I was still watching SpongeBob. But I guess you would have been even younger when you were Well, watching, when that show first know. came out, I wasn't allowed to watch it hmm. because it was too uh, risque – for me, because I mean, that's sh- I think they started making that show in '99, which yeah. to, to carbon date myself, I was one. Um, <laughs> I so I just remember like being forbidden from watching that show as a kid, and then when I got to start watching it, it was like, it was like other kids were watching like the Saw movies, but I started getting allowed to watch SpongeBob. Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons or uh, it was The Simpsons, and of course the Harry Potter movies, but that's, that was for a whole other reason. But I didn't watch Simpsons until pretty far in but i guess you're right i guess to answer your question because you asked a question i still didn't answer it um i i would say like as far as like the being like against just to this is a really broad thing but just as far as like being against theme parks like removing attractions or being like like let's say defunct land is one end of the spectrum where he really wants you know he, he he likes the older parks and he he always says and it might be a bit of an exaggeration but he'd rather they just kept every ride there and kept expanding Mm -hmm. and rob i've heard rob say that literally nothing is sacred yeah i'm probably somewhere in the middle um but for nickelodeon like that's something where if you went there and saw that today it would feel like a yeah like a relic i I mean i i honestly think even if it was too tied to it was too much tied to the network and the shows on the network versus Back to the Future or another ride like that, which I think could have survived, you know, because it's I mean, still I think they still timeless. I think if they had updated the ride, it probably could have been fine. Like if they updated the animation with SpongeBob and, you know, only included like the the cartoons that are not timeless, but not forgotten. You know, like most people on the ride wouldn't know who Ren and Stimpy are. Most people I mean, hey, Arnold and Rocket Power was still in the theme park at 2000, in 2011. Like, 90% of the people on the ride probably had no idea who those characters were. But if yeah. they had a Nickelodeon ride now where it was like SpongeBob and you were going through Fairly Odd Parents and Rugrats and what else? What, what else is timeless enough to, not timeless, but still semi-relevant enough where it could work? Uh, Doug, to me. Doug, uh, no, no, not Doug. Doug was great. Doug maybe was great. to you, maybe to you, like, I think it was great, but I don't think it's, ti- I don't think it's timeless enough to, like, not feel like a, a relic. Actually, the only two I think would work would be Rugrats, and I don't even think Jimmy Neutron, really, um, even though Jimmy Neutron's probably my favorite of the Nickelodeon well, shows. Well, it's harder because that's CGI, again, like, going back to that, when it's hand-drawn, I think that's a little easier to become timeless, like Lion King... All these years later, you know, you can't improve upon that, not not as a diss to the new movie, but you can't really improve upon that incredible hand-drawn animation versus Jimmy Neutron or any other CGI show. I wish I had showed you know. it to you now. Um, when I was researching for the video, there was this Jimmy Neutron advertisement that was made in like 2011 hmm. um, for Chrysler, which was way after the show was canceled, uh, for Chrysler Town & Country. Um, and they like, it it was like a completely different art style of Jimmy Neutron just made for this commercial and it looked incredible. Um, so like, I, I actually, I kind of do think like if they made a ride with a new film reel and they actually like updated the art styles of those older shows, I think the reason like in my head, like fairly odd parents would work pretty well is because they still made it until recently. So I can picture Mm. like the new art style in my head, same with SpongeBob and then Rugrats. I mean, 
I, I mean, Rugrats are reviving now. That's why right. Nickelodeon's in such a weird spot, because now they're just trying to revive all their old shows. But that doesn't work, because people that actually would want to watch it based on what it is would be people like my age or your age yeah. that would maybe tune in for one episode to see what it's like and then well, never think about it I know it again. Disney, this was a while ago, but I do know Disney tried to, or they did revive um, Doug for a while, I think. Wait, really? Yeah. I know, they, I know they made a new Hey Arnold movie, Nickelodeon did. Oh, that's right. That too. I guess I'm so out of the loop of those now. But yeah, I do remember hearing a Hey Arnold movie. Man, I'm out of the loop. But in terms of what it was replaced by, I guess I'm indifferent because I didn't – I was very indifferent. Like I enjoyed Despicable Me, but I wasn't like over the moon with it. So I don't really have any strong feelings against it or for it. I think – what is it? Uh, Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem – I think it's a fun ride. I don't go out of my way to ride it, but I think it's cute and charming and similar enough to the Hanna-Barbera and Nicktoon. Well, I guess those are different because they would go into the worlds. I think that's what made those those two versions so appealing is that you got to go through the world of Hanna-Barbera, the world of Nickelodeon, whereas Minions, it's more of just the film and, you know, and the characters. Well, with Despicable Me, when the first one came out, I was pretty young. Um, because the first the first movie's ten years old now, um, or close, maybe nine. Um, but I, I remember liking it. Um, but yeah. now I'm kind of like a grumpy old man when it comes to Minions, where they just well, really annoy me. They've oversaturated um, it. Like they were cute at first, and then they just do what all these other companies and studios do, where they have characters that are a success, and they just kind of jam it down your throat to where everywhere you look, you're seeing them and it becomes less charming and more just a, a product. You well, know? I, I mean, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I'm also a grumpy old man with like Facebook, like memes, like th- this is going to, nobody's going to know what I'm talking about right now, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, on Facebook, there's all these pages, these stupid meme pages. It will just like take a picture of a minion and like put some random quote over it. And then it'll get like a million shares. And it'll oh, just yeah. be like a yeah. picture of a laughing minion, and it'll say something that has nothing to do with minions. And I don't know why minions have become like the poster child for like generic sayings, but they probably because they don't speak English. So it's Th- that's probably to, why. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, it just they just annoy me now. Yeah. Like I heard that they're rebooting Shrek with minions in Shrek, and if that's I true, be- I have to be- I have to see it to believe it because I feel like it's just one of those weird rumors that like I- the Men in Black Twenty One Jump Street thing. Yeah. I could see it, though, weird. because Universal, now they own Illumination. Yeah. Now they own DreamWorks, and they have Illumination, so I, I could see it. Like I don't know. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't. guess I'm kind of indifferent. Like, I love, you know, even going back to your video, Shrek, like, I loved the first Shrek. I really, I think I really liked the, first the second one. are incredible. I think um, the second one's better than the first one. I, I need to watch. I really need to watch. I haven't seen either of them in forever, so I need to give them a rewatch. Um, but I remember the other ones I didn't like all that much. So I'm curious, I guess, to see a Shrek reboot, if it kind of can capture the spirit and magic. And um, I wouldn't be interested if it was a reboot. I would be interested if it's the yeah. same cast. And like by if by reboot, they mean like because reboot is like a term that like gets used, like misused all the time now. Right. If it's a reboot in the sense, because this isn't really a reboot, but people call this a reboot. Like people called The Force Awakens a reboot. I I mean, 
no, not in the sense of, and not in what the, I mean, now the word means something different. Like a word means what people think it means. So if you want to call a Force Awakens a reboot, I guess it really isn't. Well, I, I think a it, reboot I think, to um, me is like a complete, like it's like the new RoboCop. It's not set yeah. in the same continuity. It's a, it's a reboot. It's it's not a, but people are starting to make it where like reboots now are just like, uh, all right, we're gonna start this franchise fresh, but it's still in the same universe and there's still the it's still in the same continuity. To me, that's not a reboot. Well, that's where I think Mike from Red Letter Media got it. Perfect, and I forget which. I'm trying to think of the, the term he they used. Yeah, it was so, it was soft reboot. Um, yeah, where and he hit the nail on the head perfectly because they saw the studio saw that just a traditional reboot wasn't working. So then now, and you can look at Force Awakens the same way. Um, there's a, a bunch of examples that he listed, and I looked at, but where they're reboots, but they're also a continue. Oh, uh, Mary Poppins Returns is a good example where. It follows the same beats of the original movie, so it's a reboot in that sense, but it's also uh, technically a sequel because it continues the story of the Banks children. So that's what everyone's doing now are these soft reboots where they are technically continuing the story, but they're really just, you know, like The Force Awakens. It's following many of the same beats, so then it's familiar, and it's actually a very smart you know, I don't no, agree I, with I it. mean, I, that's what I was going to say. I'd be interested. I don't like. I still don't like calling them reboots, but I guess I'd be interested in this new Shrek movie if it's a soft reboot and it's not just we're doing Shrek again. Yeah, like they especially found that if, they, if they take the cast away, I, I don't care. The cast was yeah. what made that movie great. Pretty much, um, their sequels disguised as a reboot or a reboot disguised as a sequel. I forget the term, but um, but, but I, I mean, yeah. The, Do you agree though? Would you have any interest in it if it was just? The remaking Shrek with a different cast. I, I wouldn't care no, at that point. Because part of the magic, not to sound too corny, but or the charm or the originality of the original Shrek to me was the fact that up until then you didn't have and they even make fun of, you know, Disney in the movie, but up until then, animated movies that were catered to like the you know, the general public weren't they didn't have like dirty humor. They didn't have risque humor they didn't you know what i mean like they they weren't edgy like that and so that was part of what made shrek such a huge deal to me was one it was a really well-made and written movie but it was also just something we hadn't seen before it was like edgy and took risks with the jokes but now that's been done to death so i don't know if it would i I get it though because it's like if they put a movie out now that's called shrek 5 it wouldn't do nearly as well as if because what they're going to do is it's either just going to be called Shrek again or it's going to be called Shrek subtitle something because I don't know if you've noticed this but lately studios don't like to number movies like no because they don't want to make the audience feel like you know if they go up to the box office they don't want to feel like oh do I need to have seen XXX and X they're like oh I can go see this and I I mean that's where it's smart but it's also I, I would prefer more traditional sequels it's like it's like Hellboy is a decent example where they just rebooted that and it was a disaster. Yeah. Um, but the I've reason heard. they never made a third one with Perlman and uh, Del Toro was because, you know, if they put out a Hellboy three now, it would bomb. Like, right. But maybe if they did a soft reboot and marketed it the right way with Perlman, they probably could have made a successful movie out of it. Which is what I'm really curious about. You know, kind of jumping to another topic, but with the Avatar sequels because those. To my knowledge, they are going to be direct sequels, but it's over 10 years later. 
And so I, I'm really curious, one, to see if the technology is going to be that much different because, like I said, to me, the old ones, for the most part, still hold up really well. So I'm curious to see if there are going to be much more dramatic differences in terms of photorealism, but also how well it'll do financially because if it's not a reboot and it is a sequel, but it's like 10 years later, I wonder if they've missed that kind of the time where people still had it in their minds, you know, which is I, why Disney took the, which is why I'm surprised Disney took the risk in Pandora. I still think that was a weird move to, I mean, I, I still think Pandora was just a bizarre. I love it, but it's, it was a really odd. To preface before decision. people get mad, I've never been there. Um, and I haven't I seen the movie it. for 10 years. Uh, so I guess my opinion there is, I, I should probably see it before I, no, you're I, right. I just, I just still think it's, it's a weird odd. franchise, I guess it is, is what I would say. Because it's, like, it's not like it was a. It's not like Indiana Jones, which is a well-established franchise that they knew they were going to try to make more of. You know, it's like there was the one movie that was a huge hit, and they knew. Like I said, my, I've always had the opinion where I think Disney saw something maybe in the sequels. Maybe James Cameron showed them some stuff to make them go, "Okay, this has legs," even though it's going to come out over ten years later. Because I don't think they would have invested all the money and time and everything into Pandora, which I think it's a really great mini, you know, it's a good land for what it is. And flight of passage is incredible. And the river journey ride for the most part is pretty great. Um, I have issues with certain aspects of it, but you know, great atmosphere and animatronic at the end. But I do think maybe they saw something, you know, to make them go, okay, this is a worthy investment and it won't be outdated. You know, I mean, if I was going to make a box office prediction, I, I, I think it'll do great. Um, just especially James Cameron just seems to always kind of, yeah, kind of pull it off. So I, I, I think, I don't, I don't know. I think it's one but of the movies that it's been. Every part- here's here's just a way I would gauge it is every time news comes out about it, tons of people are talking about it. Right, like, their yeah. people are still interested, and in it's it's become one of those things where it hasn't come out for so long that it's almost <laughs> yeah. like when it comes out, it's gonna be like, is this movie really out? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think it'll do fine. Because um, part of, to me, what caused such a huge draw were two things. I mean, one, James Cameron, obviously, but one of them, or the other two were the the whole photorealistic CGI, which really hadn't been done. 99% of it. Like, and then, as a kid, the other, that was, it always got touted as just like, uh, like, it just so, so, such a step above the rest. It was all yeah. people would talk about. But the other part, and they've kind of perfected it, or not perfected it, but they've gotten a lot better, was up until then, I don't know if people kind of remember, but 3D movies really didn't look that great. Like, they really didn't, at least to my remembering. And then Avatar looked so great in 3D, and it was the first time that it had been done so well to where it didn't feel like a gimmick, nothing was thrown in your face. It just gave everything such depth and of course, now movies have kind of gotten away from the gimmicky Spy Kids 3D thing. So, so it's lost those. Wait, what two. are you saying about Spy Kids 3D? Oh, it's still amazing, but it's terrible okay. at the same time. Right. It's the best worst movie. But I will have to sell later. The fact that it won't have the whole photorealism draw, um, and it won't have the like, oh, we've per- finally perfected 3D draw. You know point. what I mean? That's a fair point. I still don't like. I still don't like 3D. Period. Um, I hate going to 3D movies. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but, uh, in general, I don't, 
because most movies, even though maybe they've perfected, I don't like using that word, but to me it's usually pointless. Like it adds, there's a few movies where I've seen uh, where I'd say it made it better. Um, what was that Marvel movie? Uh, Doctor Strange, that was really incredible in 3D. I think animations look really amazing in 3D, like Lion King. I almost had tears down my face when I saw that in when they re-released it in 3D because it just immersed you so much more into the story. But for most movies, I don't enjoy the 3D. Gravity is another good example of it being way more immersive 3D. But most of the time, I opt out, not just because of the price, but because I don't really feel the need to see it in 3D. So I think it's a case-by-case um, basis. I don't for know, I've only seen a handful of movies in 3D just because, I don't know, for me, 3D is fun for five minutes as a gimmick in a theme park, but a whole it's movie usually is just distracting. It just distracts me because it doesn't look me, good enough to be, like, immersive ever for me. Yeah. I, it's just, like, it just distracts me. It's very situational in my opinion because, yeah, most of the time I opt out of 3D unless it is more of a visual film, I guess. If it's just a generic action Transformers movie or something, I don't care. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that was a tangent. I w- yeah, oh, we, yeah, we were supposed to talk about <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. I still don't think I've answered your question. I, I don't. I think I you guess, did. I guess, yeah, I just, I don't part. care if they, if they, especially with those kind of rides, like the, the sit down in a big theater. Yeah. And the, it, it'll, stuff will shake. I guess I just don't, it That's doesn't true. bother me. It's like, not like Snow White where everything's tangible and real. That's what I mean. You're not you know? losing anything real. Like, I, I guess if I had it my way, it would still be Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast just because yeah. it'd be fun to go to the park and get on a ride that feels that dated. I'm not going to lie. That would be dated, fun. Dated yeah. in a way that benefits me. Like, yeah. dated, dated isn't fun when you can't relate. Date, right. Dated is still fun when it's dated in a way that, like, directly right. is connected to your childhood. Um but, yeah, I mean, I don't care if it's Despicable Me. Any of those rides, I never... Like, if I go to the park and leave without getting on any of those rides, I don't care. Like, yeah. like if I go to Universal and I don't ride Transformers and Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem, and Fast and Furious, I'll be okay. Um, I'll, I'll feel like I still got my money's worth. I will um, say, though, in in that line, um, for those I... I actually do enjoy trans. I feel like I'm the only one, but I really enjoy Transformers for what it is, even though I'm not a fan of the movies. But I also really like. I don't know why. I guess it's a guilty pleasure, and because I like You're the guy. You're gonna say but- you love Fast and Furious, don't you? Oh yeah, that's my favorite. No, um, the Jimmy. I was gonna say Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Timmy um, Power. Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I enjoy that ride for what it Man, is. I still haven't yeah. ridden that ride. I've been to the park twice. I think since it's fun. Put People it in. Hate too. it. People seem to hate it, like, alongside, um, uh, man, I forgot the name, but Fast and Furious. But to me, I could tell they put a lot of effort into it, and I'm not saying it was a better think, replacement than Twister, but I think it's a fun, it's a fun I, ride. If it's I could long. have my guess, I would say it's less that people dislike the ride and more that the internet seems to hate Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah. And like, most of the people saying they hate it probably either haven't ridden it or went on it, like, I hate Jimmy Fallon, so I'm not going to like this. Um, I would guess that's more part of it. I mean, I don't hate Jimmy Fallon. I don't care. I don't get the... Um, I mean, I'm sure... I don't know. I don't get the hate for Jimmy Fallon. I think it's just because he's now been 
associated with the whole culture of talk shows where now it's about it's all about getting those sound bites. It's all about getting those clips no, to I, upload to YouTube and it gets viral and I think it's, it's not just about he's interviews positive. anymore. He's super positive and he's always he does have a bit of a fake laugh. And yeah. the internet tends to love the negative, snarky, <laughs> satirical kind of like red letter media kind of humor, <clears throat> not the happy go lucky, crowd pleasing yeah. humor, you know? But it but it is, I do see the point where it's not really as much of a talk show as much of a, oh, let's see if we can get this clip to go viral, which I do understand that kind of pessimism towards Jimmy Fallon because not him, but the show, because that is more it's not like it used to be where I mean, they've all been scripted interviews for the most part where they're all, you know, they know what's going to happen in the interview. But there's a little less genuineness in them now where they do feel very like, okay, let's talk about something that'll, you know, get, you know, a million views on YouTube. They're more about the individual clips as opposed to the program as a whole. But I don't know, like when it comes to when it comes to Transformers. That's one of those rides, and most people probably will agree with you because most people watching, are, most people listening are probably big theme park it, fans. I love it, but I think it's a fun. That ride just feels ride. like everything's just screaming at you. That is like, true. Just, just overwhelming to the point where you're just like, ah, I'm tuning out. It's like a lot of noise. Too much going on right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I will say that. with Universal, every time I go, I just want to spend most of the day. Like when I go to Disney, any Disney park, I have like a well-rounded experience. I try to do everything. But Universal, I always just want to spend most of my time in the Harry Potter part of the park. Yeah. Like I don't like when I go to Islands of Adventure, I I, I don't care about Doctor Seuss. You know, I'm, it's great for kids, but right. you know, I don't care that much. Um, the whole Toon Town stuff. I, I mean, it's just I it's, that stuff just doesn't appeal to me all that much. Um, I always hit up Jurassic Park. I always go on the Mummy. But other than those rides and Shrek, just because it's not going to be there much longer. Um, right. But other than those rides, I almost always just spend most of my time in the Harry Potter sections of the park because they're, and this is a great segue to talk about Fluffy, <clears> but uh, they're just so it's much the only more. Immerse, it's the only, well, I don't want to say only and have people freak out, but it's one of the only truly immersive aspects of the two parks where you really feel, and it's the Disney, you know, effect where you're transported into a whole other world. You know, you don't really feel that with Men in Black or simpsons especially the uni- the orlando one especially because it's kind of condensed and i the, would i yeah. would like to retract a previous opinion of mine i don't know if i've ever said it on the podcast but i know i've said it to you that i don't like the simpsons ride and i was at universal studios hollywood and i went on the simpsons ride and it won me over it was pretty good hmm. i've just i've I'm, just been I'm starting to have fan. like i've been starting to have like that just <clears throat> this i i just tend to get turned off by any screen ride like, I'm just getting so sick of them. Like Maybe they updated. I don't know. The last time I rode it at Orlando, I don't want to say it was a miserable experience, but it was uncomfortable. The screen looked super faded. Nothing matched up. Well, that was my experience at Orlando last time I was there. Yeah. But the one in Hollywood looked so clear, and I just I, – I had an actual good time on it. It was the same thing with Harry Potter. Last time I was in Orlando, and I know you said they updated those. Um, but when I went to Orlando last, the everything was so blurry. Even though that's my favorite ride of all time, yeah, I almost didn't enjoy it because yeah. I couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah. Like that ruins it if you can't. If there's a screen ride with low res screen, uh, you failed. We're looking at you, Phil Harmagic. You got to update your screens. It's a great attraction, but man, they need to redo the. I don't know if it's the projector or the screens or the film in the projector, but. 
they really need to re. I, I don't know. Which well, believe it or not, a screen is a relatively important part of a screen ride. I know that's a little bit shocking, a little tiny bit. But I don't know. I I I think that is a we've been talking about. We, sorry if you came here for Jimmy Neutron talk because we didn't talk too much about Jimmy Neutron. Um, but we, we probably should talk about the the Harry Potter. Yeah, let's um, jump into that animatronic. That uh, this morning we finally got a sneak peek of. The fluffy animatronic, and from what I understand, they're going to be releasing a preview of a different animatronic yep. like each day of the week. Which is very interesting strategy-wise marketing, because you wouldn't really see that. Well, I guess nowadays you do, but I feel like that's a new thing where before it was all about keeping everything secret. But now it's more about building up the hype for the attraction, which I think there's plenty of hype by already. I mean, why not release it officially and get the traffic to your own social media instead of it going out from someone else that millisecond there's a preview. Some employee. Or someone with a drone. Like, I I think it's smart. I think it's smart to actually, I think it's, I mean, I I think they're lucky they even managed to release it first, to be honest, with the way people have been being. Like, uh, drones and helicopters and, it's crazy. Like nobody can get like Disney has done a decent job of more so than Universal of like, and I suppose it's hard when it's an outdoor coaster, but it seems like the Universal anything they build, it's out there before anything well, official like, comes out. What's well, like with what Disney, Alicia, eh. what's what just a yeah, because that's what Alicia was talking about when she was on how Universal you're still allowed to um, fly over there in like a public tour helicopter, I think. But Disney has very, very strict regulations on who and what can fly over the parks. Um, So that's part of why there's more about Universal because they don't have the power, I guess, as much as Disney. Well, I mean, I guess I didn't only mean that. I mean, like you see concept arts constantly getting worked, and like they Disney, they just seem not to be able to keep a hold on of anything. And I don't know if just the mouse is uh, more threatening or what, but uh, probably you tend not to see the leaks. But I mean, I. I mean, just first impressions. I mean, it looks as good as I was expecting. Looks looks great. Well, yeah, I would say it looks better than what I was expecting. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking, I wasn't thinking it would be completely motionless, but I was a little concerned that it wouldn't have any sort of realistic movement. But I think for, like, again, what Alicia said, considering how short you'll even be seeing it in the ride, I think it's a pretty cool... I don't know if the term is animatronic technically, but whatever it is, the mechanical figure, I think it looks really cool. And what I found interesting, because one thing I asked Alicia when she was on, I think last time or the time before that, was I feel like the ride is more, because a lot of it is outdoor, it seems more geared towards like a night experience, like with the lighting and the and the atmosphere. And I feel like that points kind of proven with the fact that the photos and video that they released because it's not enclosed if i'm i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure fluffy is not enclosed so the photos and video that they showed are at night so to me that kind of emphasizes yeah like yes this is an attraction that is best experienced at nighttime because i feel like fluffy wouldn't look nearly as menacing without the lighting and the you know the the darkness if it was bright daylight i feel like it will kind of lose yeah. some of its appeal which it's is the same weird. with the like the incredicoaster at california adventure if you ride mm-hmm. that during the day it's like the most underwhelming thing ever 
like you don't have any of the lighting you straight up miss stuff because it's supposed to be lit up and it's just on the walls um which i mean i i think most outdoor coasters are probably best the outdoor coasters that are themed um, yeah are way better at night i mean that's just my opinion and every other harry potter ride other than buckbeak which is you know a kitty coaster yeah. is indoors i'm just surprised i'm sure there's probably just because of you know I guess I was curious why they didn't bother just making the entire attraction unclosed. Uh, if it's a better nighttime, ex- maybe. I mean, I'm sure it's way more expensive, but why? Well, it's oh, supposed to be through the, the Forbidden Forest, you know. It's easier to plant trees, you know. It's easier to make a real feeling forest plant trees than... I think trying to do the Forbidden Forest with how tall the trees are supposed to be in the Forbidden Forest would be mm. kind of impossible indoors and make it feel... Right, you know. But then you'd have more control, not saying I would like it, because I do like the idea that it's real trees and you feel like you're going through a real forest, but I would feel like it'd be easier to maintain by having, like, a fake forest where you don't have to worry about everything that goes into having to keep alive real trees. How do you keep I don't know. To me, just, I guess, the concept... Wait, sorry. This is a very morbid thought, but if anyone can answer, how are they going to keep all those trees from, like, not falling on the tracks because things happen it's orlando we get hurricanes we get strong winds i mean i'm not talking like now but like 10 years from now i mean well, I, I wonder how far away from the yeah. tracks are they like if the tree's 40 feet tall as long as the tree's planted more than 40 feet away from yeah. the track but even it's not that fall like even if it doesn't hit the track i feel like it's a i'd be curious to see how they're gonna handle that i mean i i think i mentioned that a tree trunk fall on my car <laughs> a couple months ago and it wasn't even stormy it's just that over the years of erosion and stuff um so i'm curious how they're going to manage I that suppose if they, you know? i mean it's one of those things though as long as they're somewhat That's paying attention it's not just going to fall yeah but if they're further far enough far enough away from the track is it really a concern as long as they're you know if a tree falls over okay they'll clean it up you they, know I, yeah, I and guess also it's more newly of, planted trees generally don't just fall over constantly. Although I will no. say I live in Wisconsin, not hurricane. Well, that's what I mean. Like not only because of the conditions of Florida, but also just like ten years from now, fifteen years from now, are they going to have to replant them? If anyone knows, I'm sure Alicia could correct me, but I feel like that'd be an interesting. Yeah, I'm not a tree expert either, unfortunately. Oh, that was I thought that was one of your qualifications. No, for... I, I, I lied. I lied on the resume. That's a bummer. Um, but so I, I, guess, I mean, I, I want to go on that at night. I love rides oh, at yeah. night way more than like I love indoor coasters generally more than outdoor coasters. Most I right. suppose that's mostly because outdoor coasters aren't themed. They're just not all. I mean, just as a general generality, like like the yeah. Mummy. Oh, that ride is so great. That's one of those rides where like I don't care that much about the like what it's themed around. Like I like the first two movies, but I don't know. Like they're they're fine. They're good. But I love the ride. It's amazing, even though the source material to me isn't like. No, a it's, favorite. it's one of my favorite. It's just so good experiences. I love the uh, the opening, and yeah, that's another good example of even despite the movies being old, old now, and uh, the reboot, reboot sequel, whatever you want to call it, you know, did horribly in terms of pretty much every aspect. Um, I didn't think it was – I watched it recently, and I didn't think it was as bad, but it was pretty bad. Um, but the fact that the ride, it, it didn't tarnish anything, you know, like the age of the films plus the 
new movie, you know, it's it's um, enough of its own thing. It's because they made that, a good know. ride. They didn't yeah. just slap an IP onto something thinking, oh, we'll just swap this out. We're looking at you five fast years and down furious. the line. Like they made a good ride, and the ride is so good on its own. It doesn't matter that the source material. Right. I mean, it's good, but it's it is dated. Like it's very dated. It's just uh, just Exhibit One, Vin Diesel CGI abomination. Like that's all you need to see. Right. Um, but part of me wonders if well, I don't know, probably not. But I wonder if they have like a a more of a future planned for that. I mean, I don't probably not because they put too much time into the queue. But I almost wonder in a weird way if they structured it to where it would be easy enough to swap out Fast and Furious with something else. Like it would still be the same kind of King Kong type attraction. But if they maybe they built it not being like, oh, this is going to last 20 years. Maybe I don't know. I'm just I don't think so. I, I think that's a ride where I mean, they already had the the tram tour Um which wait, I have a wait a question for you. So at the Hollywood version of Kong or the tram tour, right? If yeah. you look out the back left, you can see like some of the trams being ripped off the tracks. Did they change yeah. that for the one in? Because it doesn't make any sense in the one in. Yeah, I feel like Alicia actually um, brought this up and corrected me because I. I'm not the best because I, I think I said something about that, and then she corrected me where they did actually change the trams for the like the vehicles. I think because mm, I was looking back and I saw that because I, I suppose you can only yeah. see it if you were at the back like I was, and I'm then I was like, sure well, they, they must did. have changed that, otherwise that would be so out of place. But I'm pretty um, sure they did. I don't think so. I think they were just like, okay, Fast and Furious is huge. This is going to be cheap relatively to what it usually costs them to develop a ride to throw together. We'll put this up where that's where earthquake was right um disaster well yeah. wait earthquake and uh, disaster I always, the... I always get this wrong i'm not even gonna say it because i'm gonna get it wrong i always get confused where i think earthquake was replaced by disaster i think earthquake the big and... one was replaced by disaster yeah because right. uh, people were asking on the jimmy neutron video because in that video i mentioned that from oh they're like what's number one it what was, was disaster and earthquake um which yeah makes sense to me i mean that that I, I remember going on disaster when we were there when i was like a in seventh grade and i was like man this is yeah this is I lame was. i wrote it once um unlike the magic kingdom i got to ride i feel like when i went to universal like for the first time uh i i was lucky enough to experience like Twister, Disaster, Jaws before it left. Um, unlike Magic Kingdom where either I don't remember it or I just didn't go on them, but I never experienced Alien Encounter, never got to experience the original Snow White. Um, but that's a whole other... As far as Universal goes, I all the big ones I got to experience. I never got to experience Kong um, or Confrontation. Oh, I wanted um, to. I wish I could have. I got to go on Back to the Future I, I don't remember Hanna Barbera, but it was probably there when we were there. Um, I think I I think I had all the big ones. I remember Twister. Yeah. I remember uh, Earth or Disaster. I remember thinking was lame even as a kid. Um, yeah, we got to hit all the big ones. I I I, I think Back to the Future. I I do think they'll do another Back to the Future ride at some point. It's just, I mean, it's just such a great. I don't think they will because they're. The creators have already said multiple times, like, nope, oh, they're well, not going to. 
Okay, they well, if they had the option to, it. I think they not would. Not the ride, but they've said they've because I know there are always rumors of like, oh, they're redoing Back to the Future. Oh, there's like a sequel. And from what I've heard from the filmmakers, they've all said, nope. Oh not. yeah, I've heard yeah. that too. But I think I think they'll do if they if they can. If they can't, then obviously not. But if they have the if that's available to them, I think absolutely they'll do another Back to the Future ride. People are so receptive. I to would it. love to see it, but that's why like I was joke half jokingly joke. I would love to see like a real yester world where maybe there's not as many ride vehicles to you know, or maybe it's scaled down a bit, but to be able to have recreations of not every past attraction, but like Jaws, where you know it wasn't like it was you know super outdated by the time it went. Like it was still a popular attraction. It was still a really cool ride. It wasn't like um, in desperate need of a makeover, you know. So to see those, I kind think of, if they you know, if Disney or Universal did a park like that, that would be just as popular as the other parks. Like that, that, that was my dream was like to to get Disney and Universal together and be like, come on, let's just get along for this one park to give everyone like me who never got to experience <laughs> confrontation. Uh, that's it's a pipe who, dream, know. Mark. It's never gonna happen. Um, I, re- I really do think they'll use Back to the Future again. Like to me, Back to the Future is like not using Back to the Future would be like Disney not using Indiana Jones. Like it's just yeah, but such they're making a, more of them. That's true, but if they did a Back to the Future ride, people would go nuts. Like oh yeah, but again, they're looking at and this is the the mindset I always have to remember is they're not looking at me or you. They're looking at the people that flock to you know. Fast and Furious or flock to whatever. Yeah, but I mean, I you could be right. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I still I think Back to the Future is relevant enough where like and I st- I think them taking out Back to the Future was just stupid. I mean, I think that's just a poor decision because Universal Marketing is constantly doing stuff with like the yeah. guy that plays Doc Brown and the DeLorean and people yep. are so receptive. I don't know if you've seen that on their social media. Yeah. But people are super receptive to it. Like there's a freaking Walmart commercial that I saw. Oh, on it's so such Hulu, a great commercial. And it had a DeLorean. You don't and see the, a the sim- one with the know. Ghostbuster car and everything. Yeah. yeah. That one was so great. I wondered how they made that. Ghostbusters, um, that's the other one I didn't get to uh experience, unfortunately. The show? Yeah. I don't think the, there's any shows that I miss that like bother me. I, I guess I I'm not as big of a show. I like shows, but well, it looked really well, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not a huge show person. Um, but I guess it's because from what I've seen, it looked like a really cool show, like a really, you know, like even better than Terminator, if that's blasphemy. It just looked really cool, like the blending of technology and the props and the practical effects and everything. Um, but I know what you mean, because you can just watch it and get more or less the same. Experience. I just I don't know. I just think Back to the Future is such a huge property. They'll do something with it again. Like. I, I think removing it was like it's just it's just weird to me that I mean I Especially the fact that they both. thought it was worth all the money to take out Back to the Future and put a Simpsons ride in. I mean Simpsons they're they were huge and everyone knows the Simpsons, but I don't I feel think like people, people are getting. I I can't say because I've I think I've seen seasons like one through eight. One I like started binging through it when they were releasing them on DVD. But I've never – I wouldn't call myself, like, a Simpsons fan. So, But I've even heard from people that love the show that they're starting to turn their backs on it. You know, Well, not starting just, to. People – as far back as when I was a kid, people, like – But even the like, diehards now, I mean, are starting to be like, no. Well, I think the only people that still watch it are – and I, I'm not only people. When I say only, I know people are going to call me out. Okay, the majority of people that watch it are older people – 
that still only watch like cable you know like that's it they don't watch streaming services or whatever right um because i mean otherwise i I don't know a single person that watches the simpsons anymore um and i i think the simpsons is fine and they could i mean now simpsons is owned by disney which is a whole nother thing um oh yeah that's right because they released like that did you see like that disney promo they did the simpsons no where like homer simpson was like i for one welcome our corporate overlords and then he makes all the the whole family put on mickey mouse hats and stuff um it's just gonna be weird to me if disney's really embracing it because disney plus one of the draws is they're gonna have all 30 seasons of the simpsons it's just gonna be so weird now that universal has like why did they take okay i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent why did they take back to the future out like back to the future is so much more relevant than so many of the things in that park like update it they could have just they could have kept the same ride film and just updated the rides updated the queue would still be a great ride yes it's because now and hence why you're seeing a bajillion theme park channels come up over the last couple years i feel like when it left there wasn't that that um that theme park nostalgia nearly as much and there i feel like even nostalgia in general wasn't i mean there's always nostalgia, right? People that in the 80s reminisced on the 70s, which is the plot of, you know, Midnight in Paris, where every generation reminisces to its previous era or whatever. Um, but I feel like as far as theme park nostalgia, it wasn't at the point where it could have really survived as well, or at least in the future, if they were in the meeting going, oh, you know, we need to put something popular because... I don't know. I just feel like it was not. No, you're right. If it was now, I feel like they would keep it because it's like, oh, theme park nostalgia is huge. And the ride has shown to be even more timeless in terms of, again, like it's still being used in marketing. But I feel like maybe back then um, it was a different era where maybe it just made. I don't agree with it, obviously, but I could see why they did it, because I, I imagine the, you know, the ride lines weren't as big and they this was before harry potter and so they needed like a home something to really get people back into the universal parks i think or at least that end of it yeah you're Um, you're absolutely right that you know 10 15 years ago was a different story that's why i think they'll do something with it again because you are right when they removed it it probably was the move at the time right um but i do think that's one of those rides that like if they had just refreshed it and updated it and you weren't walking into the queue and seeing two tvs you know, like that's the kind of stuff that dates it, not yeah, the subject matter. It could matter. have survived. I think it, had they waited a few more years. But then again, I mean, I'm sure the Simpsons, I mean, just from the uh, the Hollywood, it's like there's only two things I would say that are actually better at Universal Studios Hollywood. And this is coming from someone who lived there for a long time and went there as an annual pass holder. So I'm not like, you know, biased. But the Simpsons, oh, what's the name of the town? Springfield. Springfield. Wow, that's awful. Um, yeah, they did Springfield way better and the tram tour. Those are the only two things that I think Hollywood has over um, Orlando. Yeah, that was my – That was. I um, mean, I, I think I texted you that while I was there a few weeks ago. Was, oh, it's way better. Springfield just actually feels like a town and not like a yep. walk-by yeah. like, thing that you can see across the – Yeah. you can see – you can just see it right across the way when you're standing yeah. uh, by but a man my, in black. Uh, but my – point my original point was that the money that they've made from the restaurants and the bars and the carnival games and all that i'm sure 
you know, they probably couldn't have done that with Back to the Future. If you're looking now, I sound no, like but, a, a money but man. There's so much <laughs> real estate over there. That's why I just feel like, mm, like, yeah. like to me, like Back to the Future. If they had actually thought, and I, re- you, you are right that it was a different time, even ten plus years ago. But um, if they had just up, like when you go on the Simpsons, right? Even though the subject matter, most people don't really love the Simpsons anymore. You know, I'm sure we're we're angering the Simpsons diehards, but even though the Simpsons does is something that is feels rooted in the '90s because that's when it was in its golden age, it doesn't feel dated when you're riding that ride because everything is new, everything is well right. kept in there. Same with Disney; they have tons of rides that would feel dated if they weren't well kept. You know what I mean? If yeah. they weren't kept up. And I think Back to the Future could have been like one of those rides that would be a permanent fixture and would always be popular if they just yeah. kept it up and updated it. And that's why I really do think they'll do something with that with that well, idea they don't have because one of the problems i think and this is like a whole other topic but you know disney at least still has attractions that are from that are based on their like film history you know the the movies that kind of were one of the biggest i'm butchering this um like their animations that are really rooted in disney's history you know with walt disney and everything they have Disneyland still has Pinocchio and Peter Pan and Snow White, but like Universal, you know, they got rid of Jaws and Jaws is such a huge aspect of Universal's history, um, the film history at least, and was like the beginning of blockbusters as a whole, you know, like in the movie industry. Um, so there's no more Jaws, Confrontation, there's no more that. Back to the future, like I feel like the movies that were tied to their history or their origins or whatever um are gone and they don't have that anymore really right i mean are there any attractions it's just in e. universal but yeah et is the only one but yeah. like well, i guess the difference between disney and universal is like et is still just there it's just there the same way it was there 20 years ago they haven't done anything True, yeah. to make it feel like a ride that isn't from 1990 yeah. you know versus disney they keep their rides up so you right, go on true. them and while they are a nostalgic they're, they're a nostalgic experience. You you don't feel like it's just right. like a rickety ride that they haven't touched. And well, I won't Peter lie. Peter Pan's I a good of... example because not sorry to interrupt you, but no. um, before I forget, because I, I forgot as I was saying my other sentence, um, Peter Pan, I think, is a great example where it was popular from day one. You know, they, they redid it. Um, I'm going to butcher the dates, even though I just did a video on it. But, you know, in the 60s and 70s, whenever they did the update, and they just keep updating it, little tiny things, nothing huge. So it's very much sa- the same as what it used to be, minus like the ending. But they've added enough updates to keep it still popular, I guess. Same with Alice in Wonderland, where they've been able to keep them and uh, just add subtle effects and some technology to be able to keep it, um, you know, fun for even the younger people who are get who get turned off by anything that's not you know, doesn't have any kind of special effects or whatever. Well, that's where I think Universal just, I mean, I, I love Universal. I, I would almost, like, any day of the week, if you ask me, like, what park would I go to, it would probably be one of the Universal ones just because of Harry Potter. That's the only reason. But um, I just think that's the difference between Universal and Disney is Universal <sighs> never did that with their rides. Like, they kept True. the rides limping along, but... They never did anything to make them. That's where, like, like I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Other than Jaws, I feel like that's the one that, like I said, um, I don't 
I could be wrong, but I don't feel like it was kind of on its last legs. I feel like it was still really popular. It was still a really fun ride. Obviously, what, you know, there's a debate of, you know, yeah, I love Harry Potter and Diagon Alley is incredible and Escape from Gringotts is incredible, but it would have been nice to have kept Jaws because it is such a huge aspect of not only Universal theme See, Jaws, park history, I get more because of the history. real estate it was in, though. Like, yeah, that was the only yeah. place that, that Diagon Alley could have went without... It's always space. An insane extra space. amount of work versus Back to the Future. Springfield could have been where freaking Fear Factor Live is, you know? Yeah. Like, what's more like... But am I wrong, though, that if they if Back to the Future, they just, like, you <clears throat> know, replace the tube TVs with widescreens and tidied it up, it would still feel... Like, that ride could be literally timeless. Like, I there's nothing... for me, if they... And again, this is coming from someone who loves that ride i think they would have also had to update the film because it was i mean they, i think they even used like claymation in it and i don't think that would have held up the nostalgia would have held up but i feel like maybe they would have had to redo the film Yeah, but they could redo it, you know? hill valley pretty easy like they could i think they yeah. could have kept all the stuff with with uh with doc brown and kept that all exactly the same because now we're, we're past that you know biff yeah. is i don't know how old that guy is now um, what's the name of Doc Brown's actor? It's, it's slipping me. Um, Doc, um, the guy who, Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd. I mean, he's actually, when I see him now, he still looks exactly the same, but like, that's the kind of stuff where like, you'd want to keep that stuff the same, you know? And yeah. I think they could have easily, and that, that ride could have become one that just never leaves and is always popular. I think they could have, um. I think Jaws would have been the same way, but Jaws, I get more just because of where it was. Like, yeah. We're, we're talking about you remove Back to the Future when Fear Factor Live and Men yeah. in Black are across guess, the street. And I guess that's the thing. Like, whenever I do go to Universal, and we can hop on to another topic in a, <laughs> in a second, but whenever I go to Universal, similar to you, most of my time is spent at Islands of Adventure in terms of actual attractions. Because, I mean, other than The Mummy and Jimmy Fallon is a guilty pleasure and, you know, Despicable Me... Well, yeah, but Universal has uh, Oh, and E.T., obviously E.T. Um, but it doesn't have as much of that, like, I don't know, like a Magic Kingdom or Disneyland where there's like a, there's rides that are more attached to their past. And that's because I'm more of a film buff. So I guess I, I really wish there was a way they could have at least kept Jaws and Back to the Future to have that draw, at least for me. It'd be like, oh, can't wait to experience E.T. and Jaws or E.T. and... Um, back to the Future, but now there's only E.T., and they really, I don't know what they're going to do with it, because it's so, I don't know if they're ever going to invest money to update it. I just, I just, I don't know, I guess, yeah, now even thinking back to that, because your point is a good one, that uh, it was different then, but just, when they were deciding where to put Springfield, like, wouldn't back where, like, the play area would have been a way better place to put Springfield, as far as, like, an immersive town? Like, that would have been well, a way better area to put something like that. Well, they wanted it right near the, you know, attraction. So then they would have had to, if they kept. That's what I mean. The whole thing could have been back there. They like, would. Why did they? I why, guess, why Back to the Future? Why did they? Well, pick money. The I mean, they're not gonna. You know, they wanted I mean, I know to it was utilize already a screen ride. They yeah. wanted to utilize. Yeah, I mean, it was in terms of the ride itself. They really didn't have to change all of that much. So again, it's money. Maybe I'm just, like, I'm just a bitter old man. No, I, I mean, I would love to, because I did love it, my vague memories of writing it, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But I guess from a business point of view, it, you know, they're not going to build a, a nearly identical screen-based ride 
nearby when they can just, you know, utilize that space. And again, it was a different time. And but I think now I I don't know if I see them doing anything with it, but I would love to see them. I just think in terms of popularity, as far as an 80s trilogy, Back to the Future is right up there with Indiana Jones. Like I guess. But even when when Temple of the Forbidden Eye was built in 1995, it wasn't that long since the movies had come out. Like when was Last Crusade like 88? 87, 88. Mm-hmm. So it was less than Honestly. a decade. You know, whereas now, I, if they weren't still making Indiana Jones movies, I don't see them making a ride based off a 20 something year old. Yeah, but Disney has kept Indiana Jones relevant. You know, Universal yeah. has done nothing to keep Back to the Future in the. Well, it's also, I think Temple of Doom is very different because the whole or, uh, Temple of the Forbidden Eye is different because. It's not very reliant on the movies. It's more on the experience because it's such a like hodgepodge of all the different movies. So it's not as much. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. another example like Mummy where, I mean, not that the subject matter doesn't because the subject matter absolutely does elevate, absolutely does elevate Temple of the Forbidden Eye. But that's also one where it's just a great ride in its own right, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I it's, don't know. It still just, remains my favorite attraction of all time. Universal is just a park where, like, where, where the parts I love, I love, but there's so much of that park, I would not care if I could never step foot in it again. In fact, just take it away and condense all the good stuff so I don't have to walk so far. <sighs> Especially Islands of Adventure, where it's, like, the worst layout ever. Like, yeah, well, they're going to improve upon that with, uh, yeah, and that's why I want to do a video exploring or an episode exploring the the unrealized aspects of what they then called Project X because Islands of Adventure would have, I think, had... I don't want to go into it too much now, but they would have had had what they initially envisioned come to be uh, for certain parts of the park. I think it would have held up much, much better. That whole Marvel superhero islands and everything would be much more um, relevant today. I mean, but, what's left of the Lost Continent? I still like. Like, I love. I love walking back through that part of the park. Oh yeah, I love. Like, the even theming, though there's not much but, left, that yeah. theming wise feels great. And I mean, that's probably going to go away really, really soon. I um, love that kind of theming, so I would love to see more of that. Because um, I luckily, love the whole, you know, ancient <laughs> legends and you know. Oh, me too. I mean, unfortunately, that's. It just. I mean, right now, because half of it went away with Harry Potter ten years ago, and. I think what's right. there is just kind of just there until they figure out what they want to do with it. Um, but, well, luckily we got the, the rant out of the way because now we can talk about something light. Um, right. The Last that's, Jedi. Or not, not The Last Jedi. That's not divisive at all. What is it What is it called? The the Rise of Skywalker. The, it's going to call The Last Skywalker. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. Let's talk about the Episode Nine trailer. I'm going to let Mark start. <laughs> I wanna, uh, me and Mark have not really said our opinions <clears throat> about it to each other other than just generalities. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down, like, I know we're different on on this, but I didn't hate The Last Jedi um, as I've had time, because I think I saw it like two or three times in theaters. As the time has gone on since I've seen it, I have formed a lot of negative opinions about the direction the movie went. And I've said it here before, I think one of the biggest problems with The Last Jedi is that you know, there were so many complaints with The Force Awakens that it followed 
too much of the same path as A New Hope, and it set up too many things that were similar to the original Star Wars movies that Ryan Johnson came in and just said, oh, I'm going to turn everyone's expectations upside down. But it, he did it too much to where everything, and I guess spoilers if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, but, you know, oh, Snoke may be Darth Plagueis the Wise. Nope, he is a nobody. You know, they didn't do anything with him. Oh, Ray might be, you know, Luke's daughter or whatever. Nope, she was just, uh, you know, the daughter of drunkards or whatever. Um, you know, there were just all these setups with The Force Awakens that people wanted, and he just turned everyone's, uh, I guess it's like he subverted everyone's expectations so much that it just went the polar opposite direction where it was like, okay, why should I care about anyone in this movie? You know, Finn, oh, is Finn going to survive? Maybe he'll have some kind of handicap. Nope. It's played up as a gag within the first five minutes. But um, it was hilarious. He was, yeah, Mark, he was leaking fluid. It was so funny. Someone needs to Wasn't do it an edit Mark? of that part and the whole much of the movie with like Mark, a comedy you just track. don't get the subtle layered humor in that uh, scene. It I just guess. went right over your head. It was just, it was, it was just, again, he just took, I feel like, and I don't know how much was Disney telling Ryan, because I don't want to, because he's a great director. He's done really great films. So I don't know how much of it was him, how much it was Disney saying, hey, people hated X about Force Awakens. So we really got to, you know, change the direction. So then he just kind of took everything that was set up and kind of slapped everyone in the face with it. The Finn thing's a great example where it's like, it was like such a dramatic moment when he's in the hospital or whatever, and you're just thinking, oh, maybe he'll have, you know, maybe his legs are going to be gone, or maybe he's going to be a wheelchair, futuristic wheelchair bound, or I don't know. But then it's like a gag where he's leaking fluid. But anyways, that's my problem with... <laughs> can I can the, I say one thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to really talk about The Last Jedi just because, in my opinion, there's... At this point, there's literally no reason to even discuss The Last Jedi because everything has been said five million times and everyone already has, like, their opinions right down. And, like, I, I just... I was setting that up for my feelings on the trailer. No, I, I understand, yeah. but it's just one of those things where, like, people... It's been said. Everything's I, been said. Like, there's this... Do you... Do you I actually, we've talked about him, Jeremy Johns. Um, on Instagram the other day, he posted... I actually, I think I sent it to you, that meme where it was like like one of those glass cases where it'll be like in case of fire break this and there's oh, an yeah. extinguisher but instead it was palpatine yeah and it said in case of the last jedi trailer or last jedi failure break this and his yep. whole comment section was just like really dude like just ranting at him just for right. a, yeah. a meme he posted and that's how people are at this point they're like you know he didn't even give his own opinion he just posted something he thought he was funny it was funny right so like i mean i just want to say like anything i say here if you liked the last jedi great and also i mean i don't hate the movie i just do not like it at all like yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I just i just had a lot of issues i had a lot of issues with the comedy being too forced and too modern and having cell phone humor and your mom jokes and them not taking things seriously but but you're right everything's been said um well i just i just want to say like i don't think either of us want to be ranted at like if you loved the movie great i yeah. i i genuinely wish like, seriously, I wish I loved the movie because I, like, my, like, excitement and, like, my interest in Star Wars has just changed yeah. so much in the last year from what it was before. So, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Mark, but I wish I liked it because I wish I still had that same, 
like level of excitement towards um, the franchise. I don't. It sounds really snobby. I don't wish I liked it because then I feel like I don't know. There's nothing. It's hard to explain. I don't wish I. I wish it had been a better movie. But there were aspects of it I, I really. I want to say this too. Like there were aspects of it I really, really did like. I mean, a lot of the stuff between Ray and Luke, and um, you know, there was a lot to love. So I don't want to seem like I hate it. I could watch it right now and still enjoy it for the most part. It's not like um, watching Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where for most of the second I'm half, I'm of the like movie, Kingdom I hate, of the you know? Crystal Skull better. Uh, I'm still excited say, for Indiana Jones Five. Like for me, the biggest, the biggest. There's a difference issue though, because for the, me, the first half of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was actually pretty good overall, for the most part. Didn't ruin anything. It was mainly the second half. Whereas Last Jedi, it's different to where it'll have one segment that's really great, and then the next one's like, why did they do that? And then you'll have another great segment, and then two. You know, it was so. Maybe that's unfair, that because what I'm saying is like the Last Jedi is a better movie, but. The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull didn't affect my enjoyment of other mm. installments, whereas The Last Jedi... Like, I'm still super excited for any Indiana Jones future, regardless See, of not, Crystal Skull. I'm, I'm not... Um, really? You're not excited for another Indiana Jones? If it's good. Harrison Ford's young. If they don't... And actually, I do, because I will say, I hated Crystal Skull, but then I watched... I think it... I forget who... I think it was Red Letter Media's review... And it really put some stuff under perspective and may other than how it really jumps the shark like halfway through and it becomes an absolute mess. I don't know why I hated the first half so much until I watched the review and I was like, you know, I guess that actually made sense. And there were some good character developments and little moments between Harrison Ford and Shia. And so I guess I need to rewatch it. But I know that once the jungle scene happens, that's where the whole movie kind of tanks aside from the one practical set that they used which was impressive um yeah you're you're right um but yeah i I just i just wanted to say like you know if if you if you like the movie that's awesome i'm not saying like you shouldn't like the movie i i that's the probably my biggest problem with star wars discussions that i see is like people get so upset if you don't have the same opinion as them and i mean i don't care i I loved rogue one um force awakens i i enjoyed it for what it was a new hope remake but with great characters so i mean i'm not like a negative nancy just the last jedi just wasn't for me but okay let's talk about the trailer yeah because it's one of those things where if someone was like i loved everything about the last jedi i would be like great like I, i you know it doesn't it's not like it was so bad to where you go like how could you like that because there were a lot of there are it's elements just, of it that I would be that I, I wouldn't say it, but I would think it like, I guess for me, it wasn't like a, the kind of movie where if someone I'm trying to think of another example, but I just, like if someone said, I loved the new mummy, I'd be like, did you really like what? Well, somebody came up to me and was you like, know, did you but, see the new, did you see Sherlock and Holmes? I thought it was the best comedy I've seen in the last decade. Oh yeah. That I wouldn't kind believe of thing them. I'd, I'd yeah. be like, okay, you're being a just a contrarian. So but. last Jedi isn't that to where I think because it was very well made in terms of production values and there were good scenes. I mean, that scene between Ray and um, Kylo was incredible. Um, I still think it is um, that first scene between them. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So under the trailer, cause that kind of led up to it. My problem with the trailer, it's a well-made trailer. It gave me, you know, like feelings of nostalgia and it's a very well-made trailer but my problem is I feel like 
The Last Jedi, in a way, it didn't ruin the... It's just because now I don't know what in the movie is something that's been planned from the beginning, what is just them scrambling together, hence the Palpatine thing, going, okay, uh, we need to put something in to win the fans back. Palpatine, that's right. People wanted Snoke to be Palpatine. So, you know, like how much of it is like panic? How much of it is like what J.J. had planned? And then maybe Ryan and the studios subverted and him saying, okay, we're going to get back to my initial vision. That's my problem with the trailer. Not even being like specific moments. There was nothing objectionable to me to where I'm like, oh, I didn't like that in the trailer. It's more of the, the um, not the concept, but the principle of the trailer and my excitement because part of my excitement for a trilogy is knowing things were set in motion and set offs or setups and payoffs. But when I know going in that a lot of it, or I assume a lot of it is just them trying to win fans back or yeah like how much of it was there from the beginning how much of it was jj's initial vision that ryan maybe messed up and him saying oh we're going to get back on track how much is it him you know what i mean i want to ramble well regardless of anything over and over again but how much of of it was planned how much of it was is now just being thrown in for fan service and we probably won't know and that kind of ruins my enjoyment of the trailers and the movies because any kind of moment it's like oh They've been planning that since the first one. No, because, like, at first they made you seem like Ray's parents had this, you know, that she was some huge connection to the Force and the Skywalkers potentially. And then it seemed like they kind of threw that notion out in the second one. And now I don't know if it's like, okay, were they doing that to throw us off? Were they literally going to throw out that whole potential storyline and now they're only including it because the whole title of the, you know, the title of the movie the rise of Skywalker, is that a retcon? Is that something that's been planned? And maybe Ryan gets more hate than he deserves because maybe the whole plan was to like, um, you know, let's say they tie in Snoke with um, Palpatine. Was that the plan? Maybe Ryan gets hate for no reason. Maybe, you know, because there are some middle chapters of a trilogy where the whole point is to kind of um, remove your hopes. And then later, you know, you come back and it turns out it was just to throw you off track but that's usually when it's like the same writer or the same director and that's not the case so you don't know what's like a real setup and a real payoff it's just i don't know that just kind of ruins my experience from going forward not knowing you know like what was set up i mean regardless of anything it's just once once the the rise of skywalker which i'm not gonna lie i that title is Yikes. It sounds like a retcon. That's my problem. It sounds like, like a fan film. It was made with a- like 60 bucks and a Stormtrooper helmet from Costco. Um, but I, I regardless, what, what what's frustrating to me is, you know, Star Wars was such a huge thing and they were going to follow it up. And regardless, we already know two thirds of what we got. Um, and it just was not handled correctly um i i think even the most diehard of diehards should at least agree that going into it without with three different directors for the different installments (sighs) was just this i mean and then you know obviously now it's only two but originally it was three and one of them was uh colin trevorrow right um was supposed to direct episode nine yeah Um, and then yeah and he dropped out or something 
Um, same thing with Josh Trank. He was the one that directed oh, Fan Four right. Stick, and then they fired him. He was supposed to do one of the spinoffs. Um, I think I think he was attached to like the Boba yeah, Fett movie or I think something. It, I think it had to do with they said Colin Trevorrow stepped down, but I feel like a I've heard things. I mean, I've never met the guy, so I have no idea. But I've heard he could be a little difficult to work with, and was a little inexperienced. And um, a lot of the reason that Jurassic World worked was because he had Spielberg, who is you know one of the best filmmakers of all time, guiding him. And then he made that book of Henry, which everyone, I didn't see it, but everyone just said was awful. And I think that kind of affected his uh, attachment to Star Wars because that movie bombed in pretty much every sense of the word. Yeah, I mean, I just regardless, like looking back on this trilogy, it's going to feel like, not not to everyone, but it's going it's, it's to feel like a missed opportunity. You know, like even if there are some great elements of it, I mean, this this is one thing that the next the next movie can make me care again, but it still can't fix this. The fact that it, at the end of episode seven, and this is one of the most baffling things to me, is that it took like a year for like the mainstream like narrative to like realize that Force Awakens was a New Hope remake, and it was like, well, yeah. Like, when you saw the movie, yeah, you, reboot, you knew yeah. that, right? Like, it was, like, when I left the movie, I was like, oh, I mean, it, yeah, it was just Star Wars again with new characters. But then, like, a year later, people were, like, acted like they... Oh, yeah. They solved the puzzle, like, they're geniuses, they figured it out. It's like, no, they weren't They weren't hiding that. Like, it, yeah, it's a Star Wars, it was a soft reboot, and no, it, a lot of but movies was, do that, but get but away it with had, it because they're not Star Wars, but... I've, I actually, my opinion of, it's kind of weird, my opinion of Force Awakens has actually grown more positive over the years. Once I accepted that, yes, it was a soft reboot, I really enjoy it for what it is. I really don't have any... It's not like The Last Jedi where I can list all these scenes that really bothered me and moments that really bothered me. And I mean, with Force Awakens, I think the only section I really disliked was the whole being aboard a ship and the alien thing that was chasing them with the tentacles. J.J. Abrams has a weird thing with tentacle creatures. Um but that was my only section of the movie that I really didn't like. What about but, what about Leia not hugging Chewie at the end? I I guess it didn't even cross my mind. It was, it was a huge controversy. Oh. But so my opinion has grown since then once I accepted it. But then The Last Jedi is the opposite, where at first I really enjoyed it. And I still enjoy it. Again, I think it's a, you know, fun movie and well-made, obviously. Um, I think that's the pitfall sometimes we get into where we, you know, complain and complain about a movie, but it's like, hey, I, half the people probably couldn't do, you know, do it better. You know, in terms of production values, it was very good. But in terms of plot elements, it's just really not um, aged well with me. And then going into this one, again, my biggest problem is having the visions. It's like I feel like the trilogy is not – there's been no vision really. How, again, how much did Ryan take of J.J. Abrams' vision for the trilogy and mess it up? Or maybe J.J. Abrams didn't have a, vil- a vision for the trilogy. He just had his one movie. And I guess that's we'll probably never know, and that's what hurts it to me because maybe the whole Rise of Skywalker, none of it would have happened if people hadn't hated Last Jedi so much. And that really bothers me because it's like when you're going to do a trilogy, you should have the basic roadmap planned out things change obviously but when it's becoming that you're basing how you write and make a movie off the fans reaction to the previous movie 
kind of like the DC effect where it felt like for a while that every DC movie was a course correction versus Marvel. You can tell they've had a plan from the very beginning. And that's what I like about Marvel, uh, even though I'm not even a huge superhero movie fan. But I feel like with this new trilogy, and I'll stop ranting, but there hasn't really, there doesn't feel like there's been a roadmap that's been followed. And it feels like this movie is going to be one giant retcon, which for people that don't know, because I uh, didn't know that term for a long time, it's pretty much when, um, how would you describe retcon? Because I'm probably going to butcher it. Uh, when, like, I mean, J.K. Rowling is the queen of retcons. Uh, when you write something a certain way, and then after the fact, you change it, and you you kind of force it to make sense, even if it yeah, really doesn't. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's pretty much when you write something without without the intention of it having a certain context, and then yeah. you change it after. Like with Snoke. I think that's a good example where, I mean, people had a really good legitimate argument where Palpatine was kind of just seen as a generic evil guy, until the prequels, because the prequels are what gave him more of the backstory. So when people were like, oh, Snoke had no backstory, it's like, to be fair, But the, the Palpatine prequels... argument is, okay, I'm sorry, but the Palpatine argument is so dumb because it's not, it wasn't an established universe at the time. There, You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't be like, well, who, who was Palpatine? He, he wasn't, you know, like, well, they didn't know back then. It's like, well, yeah, now we have an established universe, and then all of a sudden we have this ultra-powerful old man uh that's true like with palpatine it's like it was a new universe anything could have happened in the past because we didn't know anything about it and now we do you can't just that's i mean to me that whole argument was just like what what are you talking about like yeah at, at, at that time it was a new universe anybody could have been anything like but the fact that they set up this really cool villain and and again like i guess that was part of my what movie was it i think it was super eight or maybe it was Cloverfield, is one of those. It's always J.J. Abrams, where they had all these things that people were, and same way, lost, I guess. And I know part of it's not the filmmaker's fault, because we're the ones making all the speculations. But when you create a character with such an interesting face and, you know, speech pattern, and, and just, it was so, Snoke was so interesting to me, and I wanted to know more about him. And again, like, let's say they bring up Snoke in the new one and give him a backstory. It's like, well, okay, was that planned from the very beginning? Are they only doing that because people got angry that they killed him off without any kind of payoff? Because pretty much Last Jedi, to me, I would sum up as, like, um, the perfect example of having so many setups with the first movie and then really little to no payoffs. Like, every potential payoff was just canceled. Like, nope. Snoke's no one, Ray's no one, you know, that whole thing. So now anything going forward, I'm going to be constantly wondering, like, okay, are they just doing this because people got mad? Was this planned? Was this JJ's um, vision? Like, it's visionless at this point, and that ruins for me. And I understand if people can go in and not care about that. Totally understand if they don't care if it was planned from the beginning. You know, they take the movie. I have a friend who's kind of like that where he takes it as it is, so if it has some really cool payoffs, he doesn't care if it was planned from the very beginning, but I do. Like, that's my big thing. Yeah, I mean, it's something you, you'll always be thinking about. It's something that people get... And I, I mean, that's where I try to put myself in the perspective of, like, a because I was always a pretty big Star Wars fan, but for me, Harry Potter was always the right the, the top one for me versus you, it was Star Wars. Um, 
But with Harry Potter, like, none of the new stuff has ruined anything for me. Like, even though, I mean, I don't think, I mean, this shows how bad it was. I don't think anybody will argue that the Cursed Child was just, just awful. Um, but for, for whatever reason, it didn't really ruin anything for me. Versus, like, The Last Jedi, like, maybe it's because my attachment to Star Wars isn't nearly, wasn't nearly as strong. But it, it just, like, made it so I was just like, like, if you're going to treat the audience like this, <clears throat> it's like, I don't know. But then Solo was okay. I mean, I, I enjoyed Solo. It was but fine, like, yeah. My, my thought is, like, you know, they're, I just don't know how they're going to make anything out of this trilogy with one more movie. Because they've done nothing... I mean, like, just think of how how many... I'm trying to phrase this correctly. Like, just, like, if you look at A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, just, like, just think how well set up that was for a final movie. Right. And now it's just, like... And this was the biggest issue with The Last Jedi for me. I mean, regardless of all the plot, was that at the end of The Force Awakens, even though people are absolutely right, there was very little creative... Creatively, that movie was they didn't think too much about the plot because they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was like a paint-by-numbers, um, but a really cool and fun paint-by-numbers. But they did an amazing job with the characters. Right. Like, I yep. cared about Ray. I cared about Finn. I cared about Kylo. Harrison Ford, they did a great... I mean, I didn't mind them killing off Han Solo because his screen time was utilized so well. Like, I remember I really liked the fact that Leia and Han had split up because, to me, that's actually what would have happened. Right. You know, they wouldn't have stayed a, together. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I, I was all fine with that. And, I, you know, I didn't leave the movie thinking it was the most genius thing ever made. But I was like, I, I mean, they did the right thing as far as yeah. furthering the franchise because that's it was pleasing enough for people that were really into it. And it was great for the casuals who was. And, and I guess I'm an idiot. I rarely see twists coming. So if I can see a twist coming, that means it's probably too obvious. But I did not see Han Solo dying coming at all i don't know why i guess i get two in the moment so when he was killed i, I, I think, think i, I got actually that did, spoiled for I actually, me, actually did cry i think i think i shed a tear because i was like no not han solo killed by his son that's so dev-. and then ray's cry and chewy's scream haunts me forever like his <laughs> it really does that was the most Jeez. heartbreaking thing was seeing chewy like it's his best friend his only friend he's been on all these adventures with them for however many years not counting solo coming up with i their, think I I don't know if I got it spoiled for me, but I remember going into the movie thinking he was going to die because I knew Harrison Ford didn't even want to do this one. So I was like, okay, they're going to have him front and center, and then they're going to kill him. But poor Chewie. I'm tearing up. I don't know why. Chewie's (laughs) scream. I'm sorry. It's funny, but it's just, I don't know. I guess I think too... I get too involved in. I wonder like, if Harry Potter lines. could make me cry. I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, if they made another book and they they killed off Ron or something, would would I be that upset? I'm. I'm not really sure. I think it's because um, I'm probably maybe for for me it's because I'm more attached to Star Wars. So when like I well, saw yeah. Chewie screaming at Han, you know that he died for me. That was like, oh, it's like the only friend he's ever had. That I mean, his life is you know. Thank goodness. And this is stupid. It sounds dumb, but like thank goodness, like Ray kind of took. Chewie in because like it'd be like seeing your parent die in front of you so that moment was incredible for me that whole setup and that whole scene um which is one of my favorite parts of force awakens because it just hit me right in the feels um but i I guess yeah yeah. i mean my my what i was even trying to say or my point was like at the end of force awakens i loved the character of ray finn Mm, poe uh kylo everyone but by the end of Last Jedi, I 
thought Poe. I didn't. I thought Poe was an idiot. Finn just became the most generic character on the <sighs> yeah. planet. Ray, I mean, man, they they did nothing to give Ray more character with the Last Jedi at all. Uh, and then Kylo, I still liked Kylo because, and I, I honestly don't think much of that falls in the script. I just think it falls on Adam Driver is an incredible yeah, he's a great actor. actor. He's incredible, and I like. And people hated it, um, but I like the fact that they tent, they chose to focus on like a villain who's not sure of himself. You know, like that's something we haven't seen as much. It would have been boring to have another villain who's 100% evil. I like the fact that he's still struggling with the light side because you get the feeling that, you know, he, he was just never born evil. And that's why, and I know a lot of people hated it, and I do see their point of views, but that's why I actually did not mind. It's funny that I didn't mind this part, but I didn't mind the whole Luke um, turning on his lightsaber moment. Um, I know there's a lot of people who hated it because that's, you know, like not what Luke would have done from the original movies, but we also don't know what's happened to him since then. So I didn't hate that part, but I liked that it gave his character motivation to turn his back on the Jedi and the fact that he's not 100% evil, that he has all these conflicting emotions. Yes, he's kind of like an emo, you know, whatever people are making fun of him for. But I actually like that, you know, in him as a character. Yeah, Ky- Kylo's the best character of the new trilogy, and I think I think most people agree with that. Um, I, I just I I don't know. That was actually the most frustrating part because, I mean, especially Finn. I remember loving. I thought Finn was great in the first movie. A joke. Just and then in this movie, he's just a nothing character. He's like. But again, he's are they gonna? A, okay. Was it? He was. He's a what? I was just gonna say he was in this movie. He's just a goof. Like yeah, that's so it. Now the problem is if he becomes some big hero. And again, like he could have had a really great arc and ending, but then they had Rose just, and that's a whole other thing where it's like, okay, that could have been a really great moment and a really, not necessarily a good arc, but a good, it would have made me care more about him as a character and he he would have had more of an impact. I remember being in the theater like, yes, they're actually going to do something. And then Rose, and then Rose comes out of nowhere and goes, boop. And no, I love you. And, and again, okay. talk about like, um, and again, I, I don't agree with anyone hating on actors or actresses because of the character they portrayed. I find that idiotic and um, silly, like people that were like, you know, constantly harassing the actress. It's like she didn't write the script. And even if she did, what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to win? Like, leave her alone. Leave leave the actors alone. Um, but yeah, that the, – the, Again, there's just too many scenes like that that bother me. And then now going into the new one, if they make Finn a hero, maybe he does die heroically. And that's like, okay, was that part of his original arc? Or did they just do it? You know what I mean? Like every – and I know most people won't be like this, but throughout the whole movie, I'm just going to be like, okay, how was that part of the plan? Was that part of a vision or was that just a fan service? Even with Palpatine, how do you think they're going to bring him back? Like he I don't know. Down. I, I, I know we've barely talked about the actual trailer, but it's like I just don't see. I just don't see how they can bring him back without it being just eye rolling. Like I fell into a pool of reviving goo, <laughs> and I've been plotting for years, letting another empire rise, and then J.J. Abrams gave me a call. I mean, I saw it's like. 
you know, I want to know, I want to hear from that actor. Like, did they call him and were like, again, like, was he part of this from the very beginning? Probably not. No way. But that's what bothers me. Like, it feels like a call. Like, hey, you know, we killed off all the other characters, so we we need you and Lando because those are the only ones left. Well, and that's like, what's more yeah. concerning is because you know how the last Jedi, the whole the whole last Jedi was let the past die, let's let move on, die. right? Like yeah. honestly, that concept is is good. Like as far as the new trilogy goes, yeah, let's let's actually move on from the the original trilogy and don't keep making freaking Han Solo prequels. Like do some right. new stuff. Not that Han Solo prequel is bad, but I want new stuff instead of just you know Red Letter Media yeah. talks about it all the time. But you don't need to limit yourself to X amount of characters and make the whole galaxy feel small. But now J.J. Abrams is saying about this movie. You know, he was saying like, you know, since this is, they're saying this is going to be the last numbered, uh, right, yeah. numbered movie. You know, and it's not going to be, but that's what they're saying. Um, but they're saying like, we're not only making this an ending to this trilogy. J.J. Abrams is saying we're making this the ending to the first and second trilogy. That's what he was saying at the, at the right. Star Wars celebration. He was like, we you know we wanted to make this a way to tie it all together, make this an ending not only to this trilogy but to the prequels and the original trilogy. And it's like there's no way they can even make an ending to this trilogy satisfying at this point because not enough has happened for you to do it in one movie, you know? Because right. the middle movie pretty much nothing happened, you know? Right. Very and little happened. Now they're going to try to shoehorn stuff to resolve Luke's character and Hayden Christensen's probably going to be in it. They're going to do that. It's going to happen. Hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I would bet like a lot of money how on them just he, doing a... How uh, would he be in the movie? Like in a flashback? Yeah, like a, he'll appear to Kylo or something. They're, they're, I, 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 I'll be surprised if they don't do it. Um, and now they're going to shoehorn Palpatine in? I really hope this is just like a, like a, just a huge misdirection. And he just like shows up in a vision and is like telling Kylo to do it just to make all the people And I would clap. be fine with that. Like, again... It'd still be eye-rolling, but... I can it, I can let go a little bit of my whole anger that all this is... Or my whole confliction, confliction of being like, oh, is this a retcon or was this part of the vision? If he's utilized in a subtle way in somehow, but if they make him like a full-blown villain, then it's going to be like, okay, the only reason you brought him back was, I don't know. I, I mean, like I the, really hope they just, I hope that it's a big misdirection in this movie. I, I, my, honestly, my hope, because this is the only way that I can see them bringing back all these elements without just making it just completely eye rolling is if it's all centered to Luke. So like, it's a, like the Palpatine, the only way he comes back is in a vision to Luke. Like maybe they, they, they show, Maybe they show the backstory for why he decided to turn his blade on Kylo and it was Palpatine influencing him or something like that. And, you know, maybe he sees a vision of Hayden Christensen. It all has to be tied to either Kylo or Luke. If they try to physically bring back these characters, I mean, not to pimp out anybody else, but just go watch the Red Letter Media's video about the trailer. That's my whole feeling on it. Like, if, if that's how Star Wars is going to be, if it's going to become like a... Like the the comic books where no one ever is actually dead, yeah. Because that's how which you get... is my main reason why I don't enjoy comics because I there's got to be a term for that where people can either shut it off, but for me I don't like it when things can instantly be brought back and retconned. There needs and to be whatever. consequences, or why even bother yeah. watching? 
then there, you don't care about anyone. If there's no, if there's, if anyone can just be brought back, then all of a sudden you don't feel any sort of like tension. You know, it's like when you watch a prequel and you see a character who you know is in the next one. There's no tension because you know they're not going to die or they're not going to, you know, have any kind of real consequences. Well, that's why I just, I mean, I, I don't know. With with Luke, like Luke's death to me was just like so frustrating. I th- I think you disagree there where you didn't yeah, mind it. but I, I really didn't. I thought, again, that's why it's weird because a lot of the things I dis- that I am okay with The Last Jedi is what most people weren't. But see, well, I, I didn't like mind to them see more Luke of them. Off, I should say, I would have liked to see more of them for sure. Um, again, I didn't see that twist coming, but that's because I'm pretty oblivious. But Wait, I, you didn't I see thought, the Last Jedi twist coming? No, I didn't. Where he wasn't there? No, I didn't. Wait, see it really? Coming. Oh nope. my gosh, that one. That's that one I mean. was that one was really. Well, that's what I mean. If I don't, if I do see a twist coming, that's how I know it's probably a poorly written twist. Because I'm really, I just get too in the moment. But the I lightsaber, guess, like, they just broke it like the scene before. I don't know why. I just, I was so, because at that point in the movie, and I, I think it's like the best section of the movie where everyone, you know, Luke's performance is great and um, Adam Drive. I don't know. I was just so into it that I didn't think logically about it until afterwards. I, I guess I just I'm not as like massive like a Star Wars fan as me. I was just like kind of ticked off the whole movie. So, <laughs> but you they were, also probably set it up. It, I think it. that's one of the best setups of the movie, where when um, Ray is seeing Kylo and they're having their weird vision thing, he says something like, "Are you doing this? Oh, you couldn't. Have, you know, you couldn't do that. It would, you know, wipe you out because of your powers or whatever." He says, and that's kind of like a subtle reference to that kind of ability you know would kill most jedi but because luke is so strong he was able to do it for so long that makes i know sense? but they they do like a they like i remember in the theater like the second he showed up and i saw the lightsaber was like okay he's some kind okay. of ghost but then they literally that was when i was like that was when i rolled my eyes because when they, then they shot do a close him, up, I knew there was something up but they do a close-up of his foot scraping on the ground i know and I it didn't. doesn't it they just show a second earlier they have the salt guy <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. Lick why. his finger, like, th- like that was when I was like, okay, are they just talking down to their audience now? Like, because they show his foot rub against the ground, like in a close up, and it doesn't move any of the. Oh. I don't know why I don't. I never see those kinds of things coming, which is odd because, and I won't say what it is, but with us, the movie, us, the Jordan Peele us, um, I really liked it. Uh, I had a few issues, but overall, really enjoyed it. But I saw the twist coming a mile away. The twist yeah. twist or whatever. So um, I don't want to say it was poorly written, but because I rarely see twists coming, I was like, okay. Hmm. See, that yeah. was a twist that, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, could apply to anything. So I'll just, yeah. That was a twist that was so obvious that it was like almost not a twist by the time it happened to me. It was, I, I didn't think it was poorly written because I was like, okay. It was like so obvious that it was like, that was like a 50-50 thing because mm-hmm. they literally showed everything like happening. So I was like, okay, so you were, I mean, I was just wondering the whole movie, so is it this or is it this? And to me, it wasn't even a twist by the end because it was like a 50-50 thing. And at that point, it's not really a twist. It's just but I one loved, of two I loved, And I loved the scene of him, you know, not him dying, but like him watching the double sunset and, you know. See, but I didn't mind him you know. dying. I just didn't think he got to do anything that Luke. Skywalker, who we hadn't ever seen before, would have done before he died. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we've been waiting to see with. that character again forever, and then 
he did very little that I actually liked before he died. Him at his actual death, I, I didn't mind, but I was just so disappointed. Like, yeah, the reason I went to this movie was mostly because I wanted to see Luke Skywalker, and I, I didn't. I'm not one of those people where I was like, I wanted to see Luke Skywalker, you know, beat up some, you know, kick some butt. I just wanted to see a satisfying final arc for Luke, and to me, it was just. I mean, Luke wasn't well, even think, Luke to me in that movie. And I think Red Letter, again, Red Letter Media, I always bring them up because I think they have some of the best film analysis ever. Um, but they hit the, or maybe, I forget exactly how they said it, but pretty much when Luke, you know, in the very beginning is handed the lightsaber and he tosses it over his shoulder, that's kind of symbolic for the whole movie. It's like kind of saying, hey, you know, all these expectations, they or things that they set up for the first one, we're going to throw them away and not care. And that was kind of my whole feeling of the movie where everything they set up, they threw over their shoulder because it was about letting the past die. But then now it seems like they're doing this giant DC-ish course correction, which is going to hamper my enjoyment of the movie. And I'm not saying, like, I'm going to hate it regardless. Like, even knowing a lot of it's a retcon, if it's still well-made... I'll, I'll still enjoy it. It's just going to bother me a lot knowing that or wondering how much of it was planned and how much of it is just trying to like course correct. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I should probably, or we should, before we wrap it up, we should at least say what we thought about the trailer itself. Um, I thought it was well, I thought it was a good trailer in terms of the mat, you know, the, um, the feeling of star Wars, I guess it didn't feel like, you know, gave too much away, you know, taking away all of my, you know, ranting and the Palpatine thing. I thought it was a well-made trailer, you know, gave me, you know, that feeling of Ooh, Star Wars because I still love Star Wars. I'm still going to see it and I'm sure I'm still going to enjoy it. I don't want to give the impression that even with everything I said that I'm going to hate it or that I'm going to go in wanting to hate it because I love Star Wars. So I'm sure I'll enjoy it and I'll look at it objectively and I've really have no doubt that I'll enjoy it overall. I just think that there's a lot of issues that I'm going to have going through it. Um, but the trailer I thought was pretty good overall, minus the Palpatine thing, which was kind of a, uh, what? <laughs> like, I think, I I think, think everything anyways. past the, the Ray jumping over a TIE fighter and pre Palpatine laugh was, was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was, I guess that was the only thing in the actual trailer that kind of bothered me, but maybe it depends entirely on the context of why she's on the ground running away from a TIE fighter and does that move, why the guy, whoever's in it, isn't shooting her. You know what I mean? Like, the logistics of it, but I don't know, who knows? Well, they, they definitely shot. didn't hold back on revealing that Luke's going to be in the movie a lot. Like, he's the first voice you hear. But do you um, think he'll be in the movie visually like as a ghost i think probably. so i mean I, I i would i would not be surprised i'm not saying they will but i genuinely yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they just have it that he didn't die like hmm. wouldn't be shocked at all like well I, jeremy I, jeremy johns brought JJ up a really Abrams. yeah jeremy johns brought up a really good point um in one of his videos where another problem he had that i didn't mention was like let's say palpatine does come back as like a ghost or a force ghost or something it kind of ruins the whole, I don't want to say lore, but of, you know, in general, you really only come back as a force ghost if you're like, I think like a good guy, you know, you've earned it. Yeah. I know there's a whole lot of lore to it. Um, you know, that's why 
Anakin came back in his true form, you know, once he passed away. So if Palpatine died evil and he, and they have him come back as like a force ghost or something, that kind of, you know, affects how that whole thing works, you know, in being able to come back once you die. I think it's reserved for Jedis and I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how they're I mean, going to bring him back. I, I bet they were like, okay, we're bringing back Darth Vader. And then JJ was like, but they showed Anakin as a force ghost and like, dang it. All right. We still haven't actually seen Palpatine and, and, and they burned his body on a fire. Yeah. Uh, so like, well, we haven't seen Palpatine's body. So, uh, well, what if they just make it so he, uh, he slips down a, slips down a vent like Luke did at the end of Empire Strikes Back. And then he's dangling from the bottom of the Death Star too. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe that, Lando I, came by and rescued him. That's, I think, I think that's the million dollar question is how much he'll be in the movie you know, you in th- what form he'll be in the movie. Do you, you know? think that there's any way they can do it where he actually comes back as a physical entity that wouldn't just be eye-rolling and schlocky and just mm-hmm. dumb? I don't Not think so. Not in my so. opinion. I think no matter the what way they do it, it's just going to be like... I think Darth Maul has a better chance because he, you know, in the... Well, I guess he does technically in Solo and... Um, well, I bet they're the kicking themselves because they, they killed him in the show. Like just like two years ago in Rebels, they killed him. So That's I bet right. they're they're mad. Like they're like, well, I bet they're. I honestly bet they're like irritated. They're like, ugh, why did we do that? We could have done that in a movie and made yeah. so much money. But at that but point, will, they were probably thinking, oh, we're not going to have to rely on characters yeah. from the last movies. And it, it might be one of those things where not turn my brain off like in a oh like oh it's like a Transformers movie turn my brain off. But I think I I should be able to all the complaints aside turn my whole frustration about whether this is all giant retcon or whether it was part of anyone's vision or whatever and if it's a good movie and it's satisfying i think i can at least turn that part of my brain off it'll still always bother me but i think i can still really enjoy it if it has good payoffs even if they weren't planned or even if you know they are retcons um so I don't want to give the impression that I'm like, oh, no, it's it's ruined. It's going to be a horrible movie. It's like, no, I just I have a lot of reservations and a lot of problems with that. And the Palpatine thing is kind of symbolic for that because I just do not see how they're going to bring him back. As a force goes, it won't work. As a physical presence, it wouldn't work. And maybe if he, like, sort of, I, I don't know. But, like, Spear. one thing about this trilogy that can't, like, be fixed is that it, as far as, like, you know what they wanted to do with making it a sequel to the original trilogy is like we never got a scene with Han and Luke Carrie Fisher passed away and now they're gonna have to just do something in the next movie that it isn't like what you're saying with with nine where it's like well is that was that planned or not whatever they do with Carrie Fisher is not gonna have been planned right because they're just gonna have to use pre-existing footage and then write her out and that's gonna be it um, so we're never going to, we never got a scene with, with Han, Luke and Leia. We never got a scene with Luke and Han. And now Curry I think that Fisher's, was my biggest thing. Like that's I, just, it's a missed opportunity all the I way around. I wanted a Han and that they planned from the first one because they kill off Han. But I would have loved to see a reunion between Han and Luke and Luke and, you know, like a real reunion between well, that, them. That was one of the most like what the heck moments in the last Jedi was when they don't even show Luke's reaction to his death. He's just like, where's Han? Yeah, and then it cuts away. Right. And it was like, what? What? That was what I wanted to see. 
I think like one of the only scenes I actually like oh, yeah, loved in like, that movie. Where's Han? And then, what is it? One cut the, to the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, like that's what I was gonna say. Is one of the only movies, the scenes in that movie I actually really loved was when he, when he, when Luke goes onto the Millennium Falcon and is looking around and he sees R two and he goes up to R two and yeah. talks to him for the second. That was like one of the only scenes where I really was like, okay, that was well done. But the Han thing, I was just like. Why would you cut away from that? Like that was when I, I like I remember sitting up in my seat like, oh man, how's Luke gonna react? And then they just don't show it. Yeah. yeah. I just don't understand some of the decisions made. Um Yeah, but I don't know. It is funny though, because I a lot of the complaints people had about the movie were like the Luke thing where, you know, he was tempted to strike down Kylo. I've I've read people say that it's such a huge betrayal to his character. And even Luke's, Luke, even Mark Hamill, you know, that was, I'm sure that's what he was referencing when he made that, like, quote or that comment about fundamentally disagreeing with Ryan Johnson about the character or whatever. So I see why people can be upset because I do understand because, I don't know, I totally get it. But for some reason it didn't bother me because I thought, well, maybe in all these years stuff has happened and he's become a different person and maybe, you know, he really had a fleeting thought because, you know, he's always struggled with balancing the light side and the dark side because of his, you know, father, I think that's usually like in empire when he sees himself in the, you know, Darth Vader's helmet, you know, and the fact that he does show anger in return of the Jedi, he's not like Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan like never shows anger in any of the movies. Um, you know, but, Luke but shows that's that's anger. what I mean. They like kind of undo his character and don't explain the context, and then they kill him off. Yeah, and that to me was just like man, that was my argument. Th- that wasn't saying earned. with people saying, um, "No, there's no way he would have done that." But it's like, well, he did. You know, he was ain't when he was like chopping at Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi. He was consumed by anger at that point. Which of course was you know part of the story. No, I know, um, but you need you need. I think you. I think that's why people had such a negative reaction. Was you have no you have no context, and you just bring him back, and you make him a you make him a grumpy well, guy that throws the throws the lightsaber yeah. over his shoulder, and then he tries to kill his uh, kill his nephew, and then he drinks milk from a teat of a massive stupid. cow. That was dumb. Uh, and then I'm, he I'm... spears a fish and eats it, and he's just grumpy, and then he dies. And it was yeah. just. And, and honestly, I that, that what 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 is so crazy about our conversation right now is we're talking about the best part of the movie we have never even comment that just shows how pointless and dumb the whole canto bite stuff was because we haven't yeah. even mentioned it because it was just so such a waste of time and we're, yeah. we're talking about the and, and the force the children that have the force on the planet that probably oh will never God, be referenced again the with the broom, broom boy <laughs> the broom oh. boy that they're probably never gonna reference ever again it's just like in the next movie how are they gonna Bring Palpatine back, do all this, wrap up Luke's character, because he's clearly going to be a decent-sized part of the movie. Do a adventure with, you know, the the, the squad of uh, Poe, Finn, and uh, Poe, Finn, and uh, Ray, And then they're going to have to... How are they going to explain Snoke's backstory and uh, do the Knights of Ren? We still don't know anything about that. How, how right. are they going to do all this in one movie? The Last Jedi needed to do some of this, and it didn't do any of it. It just undid The Force Awakens. So now, like, the, that's my biggest thing with this movie is, like, this movie's going to have to be, like, in uh, endgame length yeah. to to explain, like, to give even a semi-satisfactory wrap-up. 
Especially well, if like, we're to believe that Disney is stepping back from the numbered movies for yeah. 10 years or some, however long they can hold out. I guess if I could know anything about the movies, and you would probably never get an honest answer because it's all about PR. Maybe like 20 years from now, he'll talk about it. But I would love to know, and I would love to ask J.J. Abrams, like, okay, what did you have in mind for yes. Snoke? What did you have in mind for Ray? What, like, what were you setting up that you were hoping the next director and writer would continue? Or did you not have any expectations? I would love to know what he was planning to set up. And then again, like asking Ryan Johnson, like, okay, did you purposefully kind of turn all these over and make none of them have a payoff? You know what I mean? Like to get the honest answer of like what was Jay's JJ Abrams' vision and Ryan's vision without studio interference, if there was any studio interference. Yeah, I mean, I I, I doubt we'll ever know. Um, but to, to, fifty years, I, from I, now, I don't think you could say. Yeah, write maybe. a tell all tell all book and be like, I had a plan that Snoke was Ray's daughter and Kylo Snoke was, was Ray's daughter. Oh my god! <laughs> like you know. Wait, and so it, wait, just to clarify, Snoke was Ray's daughter. I'm gonna stick with it. Okay, I'm all right. Stick with that, even <laughs> though it's totally wrong. That's where my brain too much Star Wars speculation. But that's in the end, that's half the fun. And I think that's what pissed people off the most was that you know, Ryan Johnson kind of took all that speculation and was like, Nope, 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 nope. You know, so there was nothing left to speculate. And it just kind of ruined the fun of it, you know, taking away any kind of you know, again, the whole theme of the movie was let the past die. So I guess it now we're changing course. And either way, yeah. I'll see it. I, I mean, I just yeah. I liked The Force Awakens. I loved Rogue One. I liked Solo. Uh, but I just I don't I guess I'm just I don't want to come off as a negative Nancy. The last time a lot I just, of people hated Rogue. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it since the first time. But a lot of people really didn't like Rogue One. See, that's one where I get it. I mean, I remember walking out of Rogue One and being just whelmed. But every time I've watched it since, I've liked it more. Um, but I do I do get the main <laughs> criticism that the characters are kind of cardboard cutouts. Well, before we wrap it up, I do want to ask, did you hear, and what do you think about this, the report that Abrams consulted George Lucas um, for how to wrap up Episode Nine? Um, <clears throat> I hadn't heard. <clears throat> hold on. <clears throat> Swallowed the wrong way. I hadn't heard, I have not heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, because knock the prequels all you want, and there's plenty to knock about them, um, especially The Phantom Menace, well, all of them, um, but at the very least, he delivered an original story, and in my opinion, had one of the best payoffs in terms of, um, you know, Anakin, not the literal becoming Darth Vader, because that scene was kind of hokey, but like everything from when Obi-Wan, everything from that moment of, you know, I have the high ground up until his Frankenstein kind of rage quit thing, that was perfect in my opinion. Like how he was, you know, attacked by Obi-Wan, the speech between Obi-Wan and Anakin and Anakin like screaming, I hate you and the music and everything like it was so perfect. And I had been looking forward to that since I was a kid. So when I was seeing it in theaters, it was amazing. So, yeah, maybe he – I mean, so it's – you know, give him that credit. He had a sense of payoff with that. That turned out really well. So maybe he did, you know. 
well, to I th- capture I, I, that. I think that's actually like a confirmed thing that he did meet with George Lucas. I was just wondering what you thought of that oh. period. I think that probably maybe he is like, you know what? George may have messed up on a lot of aspects of the prequels, but he at least got the ending right for this character. So maybe he did or, you know, if he did, maybe it's because he wants to get his opinion of like, okay, you know, these characters better than anyone. And obviously you were there from the beginning. Um, You know, what do you see is happening? Um, I could see it. And if it did happen for sure, I, I don't blame or doubt JJ. I bet there's a, I mean, imagine the pressure after the last Jedi on I JJ. think regardless, he's going to get a lot of unfair hate. Oh, it'll it'll be super divisive, no matter what. As long as there's no cell phone humor or mom jokes or anything, I'm, I'm or seat random escapades on planets that are pointless. I'll be happy. I can I can throw away my whole issue with it being a retcon and not being planned from the beginning. So I I, I don't know. I mean, so what, to be yeah. to be positive. George Lucas managed to stick the landing after Attack of the Clones, um, which is complete schlock. So it's probably not impossible to stick the landing after this. But the, and that's what I actually really, <clears throat> what I really do like about the prequels is that again he had a vision from the very beginning to the very end, and whether certain things were. I mean, there's a lot of that's a whole other topic, but. You know, again, it was one person's vision and story structure of characters. You know, um, maybe a few moments happened unconvincingly, but like, you know, we got to see Palpatine have a payoff. I don't know. I just feel like maybe that's why, because whether certain events happened the way they should have in terms of acting and time given to process, he at least delivered, in my opinion, in terms of a satisfying conclusion to his, you know, prequel trilogy. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think my opinions on the prequels are a little, a little clouded just because I was a yeah. kid when they came out. Um, so I enjoy them in like a, like I, I, Attack of the Clones is the only movie I can think of that I can watch and be like, this is complete schlock, but I'm still enjoying it just because of. It's not even nostalgic goggles. It's just like, I, I don't know. I liked it as a kid, so I still like watching it, but. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I I don't know. I just Star Wars. I'm almost sometimes I'm nervous to talk about it because I, I don't know. I'm just like with Star Wars. It's something I've seen with like the Star Wars oh, yeah. Reddit, where like all the people that have opinions that aren't just wow, I clap my hands get like pushed out because yeah. that's all people want to hear if they're super into it. And that's fine. Like I don't, I do not blame anyone, and I'm not going to tell anyone that they're dumb or that they shouldn't be happy if you heard Palpatine's laugh and you are and I'm not being sarcastic if you heard that and you were super stoked to see him in the movie and you don't care how they fit him in I don't I'm not going to argue you know I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't believe or want that because you know you know what I mean like I just I have my opinions but I'm not going to try to force it on anyone else. I like talking about it and having discussions even like Lord of the Rings, my favorite trilogy of all time. I don't mind having like discussions about things that didn't work about it. I know people I had one friend who like hated the movies. So like I'm not that kind of person where if you disagree with me, you know, don't talk to me or oh your opinions invalid unless you think like Transformers the 
whatever the last one was called was like the best movie of all time, then I may question, you know, your uh, taste. But in terms of like, you know, this kind of stuff, it's like I totally get it. Like, Palpatine yeah, I, I is a great to, character. I, I try to put it in perspective. Just cause, I mean, with Harry Potter, it's like those movies. The movies, not the books, are not uh, exactly. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Mark? Um, I don't know. The Harry Potter movies. They're, they're, yeah, sure. Uh, they're, they're not masterpieces, um, but I still enjoy all of them, yeah. uh, even though some of them are largely flawed. But I and guess that's, that's where we're thing different where... because you're coming from, you know, like I have only read all the books once, but I've well, seen I have movies the books. Multiple times. That's the point, yeah. But I, I have I, the books. I enjoy all the movies. I think Harry Potter. Five is really the only one I didn't enjoy, but I need to rewatch them all eventually, anyways. But um, well, that was a really good podcast, actually. Um, I was going to say, unless you had anything else to add, I don't want to. Um, I'm no, glad I we waited we... till the end because uh, th- this rant went on for 45 minutes. But I feel better. I feel like it was a therapy session because no, me too. I got to get out all my feelings about the trailer and the Last Jedi because I wasn't doing this when that came out. So I feel good, and I just you know. I feel <laughs> this was a really good podcast. I was into it the whole time. It was From a, Jimmy Neutron to Harry Potter to Universal taking away back yeah. to the future. I got on a lot of a lot of feelings. And again, anyone who's listening, um, if you have I, I legitimately do like to hear constructive criticism or I guess more of constructive feedback on, you know, do you think Palpatine being added is the best thing ever? Do you think, you know, like. If you hear an opinion that I share, or he Quinn shares, and you strongly disagree, as long as it's a mature discussion, you know, tweet at me or him and offer your two cents or your twenty-five cents of why you think Palpatine could have potential of you know turning everything around, or why you love Last Jedi. You know, I love to hear all kinds of opinions and thoughts on these kinds of things, as opposed to the bubble. I think some people get into where it's like, I love X. And if someone has a problem with it, I'm just going to ignore it and put them down. Like, that's not healthy discussion. Yeah, 100%. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you got to this part, you're you're a trooper. Um, yeah. I almost want to put us like a tweet at us something specific so that it's like, well, you're you're a true, true. Uh, what what should it be, though? Hmm. Okay. If you are here. At the very end of the podcast, Mark's at on Twitter is yester underscore world. Mine is yester underscore world underscore Q. Tweet at us a Palpatine gif if you are still here at the end of the podcast. Just to, I'm actually curious how many people make it to the end. Just at both of us and uh, tweet a Palpatine picture or a gif. Is it gif or jif? God, I'm going to get crap that, for that. That's too. a whole, I've seen yeah, let's, yeah, let's wrap it up. We'll, this will be, that'll be our topic next week. Um, yeah. Well, that'll be the whole episode of GIF or GIF. But that really does come down to the, I think the creator of the whatever pronounce, he actually did say, oh, hey, actually, okay. it's this. So, all right, mystery well, solved. But, um, yeah. So, I have every, I think that's all I need to say. And so, I guess we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yep. Look forward to it. We're going to try to get this more consistent and you can look forward to more. And again, um, if you haven't already, check out. Quinn's latest episode about Jimmy Neutron Nicktoon Blast and then look forward to my next episode which will be coming out this weekend um, about well I want to save it a little bit more of a surprise but either way um, thanks guys for listening and that's all I have to say bye bye